Where is the food? Will you shut up? You said there was going to be food, and I don't see meat. I see bread, but that ain't shut a sandwich. Up, shut up. There's no protein. I want to be muscle man for Halloween, and I have to start now. Will you shut up? They have to bless it first. Ah, jeez. Don't you say it. What, I'm not allowed to say a name? You're taking it in vain. No, I'm not. When I use it, I get results. What are you looking at? You worshiping me now all of a sudden? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, turn back around, Captain Rubberneck. Well, look at that. They're giving out money over there. Shh. Have some respect. We're in the church. All right, here's the plan. When he stupidly hands us a dish of money, I will accept it and quickly deposit it into my offshore account. And you cut that way, far away from me, and start screaming, Hey, I took the money! I took that money! Like I took the money! I took the money! No, you don't! Not on Christmas, you don't! Where'd you get money? I worked for it. And I'm giving it to the church. Because you need to experience how it feels to give and not just receive like you usually do. But also, how it feels to receive, too. Because that's a good feeling, too, y'all. When Santa Claus come down from the cross and give me all that stuff I asked for. <sighs> that ain't Santa Claus, okay? How many times I got to tell you that? Well, he got a beard. And that ain't a belly full of jelly. Looks like he got an appendectomy scar. Is this the mall? Because I'm sitting there wondering how I'm going to sit in his lap when he's hiding from some nails. Santa Claus did not die for our sins. Santa Claus is dead. No! Yes! He crashed his sleigh right into a wall because he was drinking a lot. What? It was a twisted, fiery wreckage of sleigh, reindeer bones, and the old fat bastard's guts. Excuse me. Excuse me, folks. We need to go. And who's drunk enough to get nailed to wood? I can see maybe one nail. But then you think he'd move. But no! We got to revere him for his slow reaction time. Chestnuts roasting on an open again to the cv podcast merry christmas uh happy holidays whatever you guys celebrate to you the listening audience and my friends of course uh with me tonight on this wonderful occasion is the one the only jamie jenkins hello how you doing i am doing well i'm excited to be here i'm excited to talk about these movies um yeah more excited than i was to watch some of them Kind of, but sort of. I'm excited to spend my afternoon with you guys. Uh, it's great to have you, always, always. And uh, with us, uh, back again, is the wonderful high priest of the Kiss the Go podcast and a great friend of mine, Mr. Jeffrey X. Martin. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well, man. Glad to be here. Glad to be here with Jamie. Um, happy whatever the hell you celebrate to everybody. And, um, yeah, I'm also looking forward to talking about these movies because, wow. 
I think you just summed it up, and we're done. Hey, good night, everybody. You can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, basically, uh, we'll, we'll start this to the same way we always do uh, when I ask uh, Jamie what you've been watching lately. This. This. I just watched five fucking Silent Night, Deadly Night movies. What else did I have time for? I don't know. I don't know. I probably did. Um, <laughs> um, no, actually, I don't think I have watched anything else recently. It's been, um, I've been working a lot and uh, catching up on some TV stuff. Like, I was about three episodes behind on American Horror Story, so I had to watch that. And, you know, random stuff like that. But I really haven't done a whole lot of movieing lately. Okay. Holidays and all, you know. Yeah. Uh, X. I did watch Die Hard, which is my favorite Christmas movie. <clears throat> um, let's see. I watched Felt, um, which is on Netflix. It's one of those kind of mumblecore death wave movies <clears throat> about this girl who's um, got some mental issues. And the way that she deals with them is by creating costumes for herself to express her different personalities. <clears throat> and, of course, it all goes... It all goes wrong at the end, but it's really neat to see somebody like off in the in the California redwood forest wearing a flesh-colored suit made of felt um, and sporting a dildo. That's nice. That's um, something that I don't see every day. Not a bad movie, not a great movie, but if you want to, you know, check it out, go ahead. And also, I did see Star Wars, and I will not ruin it for anybody. But holy shit, is that good. And to me, it's the first Star Wars movie that feels like an actual war movie. And there's a lot of there's a lot of underlying um, material about post-traumatic stress disorder, which I think is really interesting. So you can even go into this looking at it like a psychological drama, and it still works. So, yeah, um, check that out if, if you have it. It only made 250 goddamn million dollars. <laughs> over opening weekend, so... Does um, it still feel like a Star Wars movie, though? It does feel like a Star Wars movie. Okay. It does. It only feels like a J.J. Abrams movie, like, twice. Because you know how he'll do that thing where there's something happening in the distance, and then he'll zoom in real quick on it to make sure you don't miss it? That happens maybe two times in the whole movie, so... Yeah, it feels that... Right now, as I'm processing it, and this may change later, but, you know, having just seen it two nights ago, I would say it's second only to Empire. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's pretty high that's pretty high praise. So I was pleased with it. Nancy and I I love Jedi, but I'm one of those people that doesn't mind the Muppets. Can't do the Ewoks, man. Can't <laughs> do the Ewoks. <laughs> oh, the, the Ewoks are fine. I just can't stand uh, the CG very badly animated singers in the in the, the Jedi Redux. Well, we don't even talk about the reduxes in this house. No, no, that's that didn't happen. And they replaced they replaced Mannequin Skywalker, you know, as as the the the, the Force Ghost at the end and oh, stuff like yeah, that. that. That's uh, the abomination that causes desolation. <laughs> Anything else, X? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. See, what did I watch? I, I was fifty million. That doesn't seem. I would have expected more, though. You, yeah, I mean, you kind of would think. Didn't, the, didn't Jurassic World beat that opening weekend? No, this has beaten Jurassic World by a good 30 mil. Okay, okay. I wanted. To, I was thinking it was closer to 300, but maybe not. Um, but although maybe a lot of people are doing like we are in waiting, you know. 
the theater that I saw it in was not sold out, um, which surprised me because it was 9 o'clock on a Friday night. But we also saw the 2D showing instead of the 3D. I would go back to watch it in 3D. I have friends who went to the 4.30 show on Friday, and theirs wasn't sold out either. And I thought, well, you know, people do have to work, you know, um, it may be Star Wars Day, but there, you know, people do have to work. Right. Uh, and so it may I be know, that people maybe just people are waiting. I don't know. And it may be that people are still nervous about it, you know, because when I went into it, I was like, God, if this sucks, I don't know what I'm going to do. If this ends up being another, you know, hold me like you did by the links of Naboo, I'm going to freak out. So <laughs> they may just be <laughs> waiting to make sure it's safe. Yeah. I really liked Sith, though. I have to say. Um, I'm not a I big fan too. of the prequels, but I liked Sith quite a bit. I like the last half hour of Sith. Mm-hmm. And I went to see that at a midnight show. Where he's crying on a burning rock. If you were on a burning rock, you'd cry too, Gary. Not like a bitch, though. That Actually, shit's I cry hot. Like, I cry like a man. <laughs> cry like a man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> oh, my God. There's something in my eye. It's really dusty him. on this volcano planet. <laughs> just touching himself for she was a real Sith Lord, you know? <laughs> well, he just lost his arms and his legs. His lightsaber still worked. Well, I hope so. Is that a euphemism? It is. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> okay, but if it glows red, I'm out of here. <laughs> John Ritter did it first. <laughs> movie is hilarious <laughs> in and out in and out <laughs> i see it now you don't <laughs> oh anything else that you watch besides the those things nah just my watch, <laughs> watch my damn hair go gray that's oh i have a list because you know like i said i don't sleep during the day but i have a massive library to keep me company uh I'll start with Scrooge. I watch Scrooge because it's the holiday season. I've been trying to pour some holiday season down my throat. And then after Scrooge, uh, just to get myself, you know, in, in the same way, but, you know, connect the films. I connected Michael J. Pollard to Tango and Cash. I watched that because, you know, why not? It's Tango and Cash. And I watched that one X's favorite, Surviving Christmas, which was uh, okay to me. I'd never seen it before, so. I think that shit's hilarious. And I think I'm the only person on the planet who thinks that shit's hilarious. But I love that movie. I just thought that Catherine Harris photoshopped head on a woman uh, whose legs are way up in the air was kind of hilarious. <laughs> and Udo Kier shows up for no good reason. There's never a bad reason for Udo Kier to show up. He could oh, show up at a mall opening and I'd be fine. That'd be awesome. I- I'd go to that. You want to shop? You want to shop here? <laughs> The blood of these stores is killing me. Are you an expert in the occult? <laughs> oh, my God. I watched Fred Claus because that's a movie I enjoy during the holidays. Uh, I watched Cobra because that's a movie I enjoy during any time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Cobra Christmas. It's a Cobra Christmas, man. <laughs> we did watch Christmas Vacation, which is an absolute have to. Yeah, me. that's a must. That's, that's my favorite, favorite, favorite. That's good stuff. I, know. I always have to rewind and rewatch the scene where uh, Cousin Eddie touches the windmill and the whole thing comes crashing down. I, I just, I, I always have to see that two or three times. So, like, I got to watch that again. <laughs> he just, dink. <laughs> <laughs> Clark, what's this? 
Stops. My daughter's in the clinic getting cured off the wild turkey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? I forgot about that line. <laughs> getting cured off the wild turkey. Oh, my God. Yeah, speaking of which, I, I watched Half-Baked, the part where Thurgood goes to the rehab for weed. Oh, I love that scene Fucking where he Bob, goes to the Bob Saget. Bob Saget. I used to suck dick for coke. You ever suck dick for marijuana? Bob Black is like, eh? Oh, it's laughing my ass off. I've never one. seen Half-Baked, and I've never seen Friday. I've not seen any of the Fridays. Those are good. I, I love the first Friday. Really? Quite a, I mean, love it, love it, love it. Uh, the other ones just don't quite capture it for me. Like... You know how there's like the, uh, like you get that feeling from something, and then if they try to redo it, you can tell they're just trying to recapture that lightning what you in a bottle. From, sort yeah, of thing. and yeah. It, to me, it just doesn't work. I don't really care right. for the other two, but the first one I really love. Yeah, I've never lived in like a hood. Right, you have to appreciate a crackhead Santa going and see rob people's houses and Friday after next. And uh, Terry Crews' balls being in a vice by by Cat Williams—that's that's, that's kind of hilarious too, you know. But oh my god, it, I, I like I like all the Friday movies. I haven't watched them in a while though. I, I need to fix that. Uh, and I oh, watched. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to. I'm sorry. I was going to say, yeah, we did watch Bad Santa, and I can't decide if that movie's funny or not. If it is, that's the darkest humor in the fucking world. Because <laughs> that movie is. In the right frame of mind, that's depressing as hell. Ugh. I've only seen it once, and I remember thinking it was funny, but very dark. Real, I mean, really dark, like 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 one of those midnight Milky Way candy bars, dark. So, <laughs> I know those are so good. Anyway, I'm sorry, Gary, I interrupted you. Uh, I watched CB4 for no good reason because uh, I went here swept my balls in the worst way, you know. You're so random, Gary. It happens this way. I'm, I'm a, <laughs> it's totally unrelated, but same, keeping the music vibe, I watch Blues Brothers 2000 because that's a movie I enjoy for some reason. It's not the acting, and people say that it was unnecessary and all this good, all that bad stuff, you know, but if you see the collection of artists that they've collected for that movie all in one place, playing some great tracks... You kind of look past the, the shitty scenes of that movie. You just move on, in my opinion. Um, so it's like an extended long-form video? It, not really, because they're all it's, it's like a, a musical, but not a musical. Because as soon as I saw the poster and saw the kid dressed up like Elwood, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, all right. He's, he's not Fuck bad. this. <laughs> and, and John Goodman, we all know, can sing, so he, he's, he's not bad in that movie either, except you know, for the acting part, but the singing part's not that bad. I think the one that that, that replaces um, Cab Calloway because he's obviously passed away in the movie. But they they find his son is played by the same guy that played Scratch in uh in, in um in Crossroads and he played um Miles Bennett Dyson in Terminator Two. Um, Joe Morton. Joe Morton, yeah, that's the guy's name. Damn, but he's not bad either. Uh, I watched Wild America because somebody gave that to me and I haven't seen it forever. Basically, uh. A not so biopic of uh, the guys that made the the TV show Wild America, and uh, it's got a lot of Tiger Beat stars of the day in that movie. Jonathan Taylor Thomas and um, Devin Sayas in that movie. Before. Whatever happened to him? I think drugs happened to him. Oh, that's a shame. Because he was, I mean, you know, he was doing well there for about a minute with Idle Hands and then Final Destination, and I thought he was gonna be happening, and then that was it. I think SLC Punk, uh, he's living that out, you know. 
in the in the worst way. I think uh, I got the Princess Bride on digital, so I watched it immediately because that's a movie I enjoy too. Something about Wallace Shawn yelling at Andre the Giant uh, makes you really happy. Nothing wrong with that. I love the shit out of Princess Bride. Yeah, I do too. Uh, what's this last two? I watched DC Cab last night because yeah, I got that in HD now, so I'm all over that shit. Plus, you just had to watch a bunch of movies with letters in the title. I, well, I I love DC Cab, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> it's it's not a great movie by any sense, but it's got one of the best ensemble casts of then unknowns ever, and I, I recommend it to watch it. You know, it's it's it's, it's uh, I enjoy that. And a movie with doesn't have letters in the well, they all have letters in the title. Jamie, don't be a smartass. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. I just meant that and and CB4 and it was a shitty joke. That's all. Uh, no, it's it's an okay joke. I'm I'm just messing with it, you know. <laughs> and they do all have letters in the title. You are correct. I, I'd say the high recommend for the week though that it's not the, any of the movies we're going to talk about on the show, but I, I I think I like all these movies in their own special way. Is a uh, Pawn Sacrifice, which is we have been waiting to see, which uh, has Tobey Maguire playing Bobby Fischer in a like a biopic type deal. Oh, I saw the trailer for that. And I was really excited to see it, and I wasn't disappointed, you know. When you when you gave the title, I thought maybe it was some kind of, like, black magic pawn show, you know, like pawn stars or something. <laughs> it's like now it's pawn sacrifice. Nice. <laughs> it's, it's like... How much junk. is this baby worth? <laughs> It's like when I was, uh, well, even to adults, and I, I still watch um, the movie Searching for Bobby Fischer with um, Joe Montana about the young boy who plays chess and stuff. And it's still a film I enjoy. It's just now if you watch that movie, you realize that he's a – Bobby Fischer was a big old dick. ass. He was a big old dick, anti-Semite, you know, all kinds of nasty things. And you wonder why – why would this kid, like, I, I kind of – not directly, but, you know, kind of idolize this, this creep – who was kind of really a, really a tortured genius who was brought on from childhood, but by his mother who was big into the communist movement to, to hate everybody. So, so he kind of a little prick, you know, but it's, it's a movie that I, I fell into real well. I'm a big, uh, Liam Schreiber fan. He, I he, am too. I like him quite a bit. He played a uh, Boris Spassky, the, the, the big Russian, uh, opponent he had back in the day. And, uh, it, it was, it was really good and I can't recommend it enough. And, uh, Yay! I got to see it finally. <laughs> but um, yeah. Instead of the beef of the week, I guess this is this festivist season. We'll uh do our airing of grievances now. Start with you, X. You got any, any grievances, sir? I have grievances. Okay. Let me start. I think I have four grievances, maybe three. We'll see where we end up. I'm gonna try not to rant too long because, anyway. Hello, WWE Network. I'd like to air a grievance with you real quick, which is when I have company over to watch a pay-per-view, especially the Tables, Ladders, and Chairs event, don't lag. Don't make it so that your feed jumps back five minutes every two minutes so that it takes me literally 45 minutes to watch the final match of the show. Especially when I have friends over and we have just given a 15-year-old boy a Roman Reigns t-shirt and he is in the main event. So he doesn't know if Roman actually wins that final match or not. Now look, fuckers, you use the same servers as Major League Baseball. There is no reason for this to happen. I pay for this shit. 
fix it. All right, next stop. Bam. Went to see Star Wars at a Regal Cinema. Regal Cinemas is based right here in Knoxville, where I live. Now, we went to see it at a... You know how you have two malls in town, and one of them is the nice mall, and the other one, like, was cool back in 1984, but has slowly turned into Crossroads Mall? That's where we, we went to see Star Wars at Crossroads Mall. And those were the most uncomfortable seats in the world. The back of the seat hit kind of right under my shoulder blades, you know? So even with the armrest up, I had to keep twitching and pissing the guy behind me off to get comfortable. So fuck that. Retro that theater or shut it down. Also, when I'm in... when <laughs> My ass is in the seat for Star Wars. I don't need to see between five to eight commercials for Star Wars. Here's Lego Star Wars. Here's Target Star Wars. Here's all this other shit about Star Wars. I'm already here. You don't need to advertise to me. Also, fuck you with your Disney Cruise Lines commercial. I know who's got the movies now. I know Disney paid $4 billion for Star Wars. Okay? We're done. Stop it. Also, the fucking trailers. Is this three? I think this is three. The fucking trailers, okay? You know what's coming out next year? Goddamn death, doom, and destruction. We got the fifth wave where aliens come in and destroy the world. Independence Day resurgence, which I'm actually kind of excited about. But still, aliens come in and destroy the world. X-Men apocalypse. I was like, fuck, can we get a comedy? Can we get something <laughs> funny in here? Because Jesus Christ. And know what the funny we got was? It was a Walt Disney movie. It was <coughs> it was Zootopia, the cartoon. And that was funny. But fuck you, it was still Disney, which owns Star Wars. And I get it. I understand that I now only have one company to bring me entertainment. When Disney buys WWE and I have fucking, you know... John Cena versus Kylo Ren, then everything will be complete and I can just fucking slit my own throat in my bathroom and die because there's nothing else left. (laughs) Is that all, sir? Yeah, I'm done. (laughs) Jamie. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I'm going to follow that. I don't know. All that hate speech about the mouse, man. <laughs> oh, I hate the mouse. But, I hate um, the mouse. I fucking hate the mouse. Uh, you know, actually, the, the I did want to say, the, the fifth wave, I thought it looked pretty cool until we get to the part where it kind of turns into Hunger Games or something. I mean, like, it's just, I, I have a feeling that the first four waves are going to take place in, like, the first ten minutes of the movie. Uh-huh. And then, like, the rest of the movie is going to be kids training to kill the aliens and i'm like well, it's the rest you? of it's gonna the rest of it's gonna be chloe moretz in red dawn three yeah fuck that go. nobody wants go. to see that I her voiceover this is... i want to see the i want to see the first four waves because those look pretty <laughs> scary you know like the apocalyptic shit you know like that's what i want to see right but the rest of it is just her this is my world and I'm going to fight for it, and I'm going to take it back. No, you're not, because you know what? I don't care how old you really are. You're 12. You are 12. Get the... You're not doing shit, okay? Unless you're still Carrie, and you can fucking do shit with your mind and destroy the aliens. You're not doing a thing. 
see, I'm not going to say you guys, but you guys are a little older than I am. I, I really didn't feel the impact of this. You guys are from an era where that movie the day after was was a, a worldwide event and it had mass effect on people. Well, yeah, it's true. Hell yeah. I mean, and I've talked about this on a show before, but um, when I was a kid, and this might seem a little extreme now and looking back, it kind of does. But when I was a kid, I would cry myself to sleep at night. Like I would stare out my bedroom window fully expecting to see a missile break the clouds and mm -hmm. seriously cry myself to sleep because I was terrified. Yeah. I, and it was just, it was all over the media. It was all over the news. Your parents were talking about it. I just knew we were going to die. We were all going to fucking die a horribly fiery mess. That's... Either that or even worse, you would survive and <sighs> you would have, you know, radiation sickness and <sighs> fallout poisoning and every fucking thing. And I used to pray at night, and this is when I was a kid, I, I used to pray that if we got into a nuclear war, that it would fall slap on my head because I did not want to survive it. I mean, that's it was awful. It was really, really terrible. Now, maybe I took it a little harder than most kids. I don't know. If my <laughs> Maybe I was, had, a, you know, my imagination got away with me a little much. But it just it just was doom and gloom. And, um, you know, that movie came out, you know, Jason Robards. Um, Get off my front was, porch. Yeah. <laughs> then there was the book uh, after the bomb, which I don't know if you ever read that, Jeffrey, but it was pretty scary. I still have it, actually. And I bought that from my book club at school. And it's yeah. all about it's all about what happens to a kid like a teenage kid after the bomb. And it was freaking scary. And then we had, episode, you know, uh, Day of the Dead, which to me always felt like uh what would happen? Uh, not the zombie part, but uh, that's down how I in felt the bunkers. Like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we had episodes of the Twilight Zone, and um, it was just all over the place. Yeah, you know? that's the thing that nobody remembers about the '80s was the fact that we all grew up um, with the knowledge that we could die at any time. Any time. And the way that they portrayed it was like, oh, yeah, just, you know, there any second now somebody's going to get pissed off and hit that button and then we're dead. And that was just very, you know, they were very loose about it. Um, yeah. I've had conversations with other people for who were slightly younger who were just like, you, you weren't even alive during the Cold War. You have no idea what it was like. And I'm like, you, you weren't there. <laughs> no. You came along in the 80s, but you came along in the late 80s, so you don't remember it, but I'm telling you, it was bad. It may have been the end of it, but it was bad. It was still, I mean, it may as well have been, you know, duck and cover. Right. You know? <clears throat> but we had gone past duck and cover to just, uh, you're fucked. Oh, exactly. shit. If they push that button, it's done. We're over. You know, 1984, Frankie goes to Hollywood, two tribes. That's the kind of shit we grew up with. You know, just, oh, it was a horrible time to grow up. It was scary. <laughs> I mean, and like my school had a fallout shelter and we yes. had fallout, we had drills, but basically it was like, it was the basement and they're like, you know, right? okay, fallout shelter. So you go down here, you're still going to die. <laughs> yeah. It seems like I should in insert here the top 10 Wayne's World list of top 10 reasons why communism fell sucks, you know, and, uh, just throw, if, if I can find it, I'll throw it in here, but you know, I make no guarantees. <laughs> oh God. The eighties were, the eighties were a nightmare. No wonder we all started doing Coke and just was, we're like, Oh, fuck it. 
We could die at any minute. You, we may as well have sex and do coke and listen to Duran Duran because that's all that we have left to us. Wear pastel clothes and buy a lot of shit. That's right. Give me some. <laughs> give me some fucking hyper action clothes to change color depending on how hot I am. <laughs> hey, the, that'd be cool during the nuclear war, dude. When the missile drops, that shit is bright fucking orange. Just. What? <laughs> Shimmers. You are ready to party then, see? That was the, and that was the time. That's right. That's why Dayglo was so popular, because you yelled the cocaine and you had taken. Because <laughs> you thought the nukes had already dropped. Oh, God! That and wham, you know. I guess that's why Hypercolor didn't need to last very long, too. They were like, you know, you wash this a few times, it's not going to work anymore, but who gives a fuck? <laughs> You're not going to be alive then anyway. That's right. It might have lasted as long as wham. That, that's about it, though. <laughs> It was, just, a, it was yeah, but us poor kids just had like the Andrew Ridgely hyper color, which just like turned gray. So, <laughs> as long as you had the white finger gloves and the short shorts, I guess you're okay. See? <laughs> oh, uh, what did Wham in were those Richard Simmons stripy shorts that George Michael would wear on oh, stage? Oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> no one can survive that. Except Richard Simmons, apparently. I, I That has been his only uniform for the past 40 years. Well, he wears it proudly. Sweating to the oldies, honey. Eey. Oh, oh yeah, Jamie Jenkins dropped here. I watched Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3 and on my favorite pool hall junkies. So there you go. I, I just did it, see. Uh, I did. I just did it, see. That's three films. I just won. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, grievances for me. Um. <laughs> Grievances for me, I'd say, uh, I ain't got much besides stop putting weird shit in my fruity candy. And it's going to sound weird, but I, I, rec- I recently bought a bag of red Skittles and they switched to lime out with, with, with green apple. And that's just a travesty to me. Oh, yeah. That's hardcore. And, and I'm a fat kid who loves the Sour Patch Kids. I recently bought some. They put a blue Sour Patch Kid in there. It doesn't belong there. <laughs> I just need to stop it with blue candy. I'm not racist or anything against blue candy or green candy. It's just, you know, there's something. I don't like that... but every, it's always, I, I don't like blue raspberry. I'm so tired of blue and it stains your tongue and it's not good and just get rid of it. No one needs it. Oh, and uh, what, uh, the moment they change pixie sticks, I might like start a fire or something, you know, because it's just sugar and, you know, food coloring and stuff. And it's something, these are the little things I enjoy you know, <laughs> for, for, for my childhood, you know, and, uh, they need to stop doing that. I guess uh, my second grievance would be um, Quentin Tarantino pitching a fit over Star Wars. Star Wars related people, see? Oh, what happened? I didn't hear about that. He wanted to play as um, I forget. It's one of those one of those big old round amphitheater theaters in in L.A. He was gonna have the hateful eight there, and but uh, Disney basically got that theater by the balls and said we want to have Star Wars there throughout the holiday season. Oh, wow. And if they didn't have it throughout the holiday season, they couldn't have the movie at all. So basically, they went with the sure thing, no offense to Tarantino, and had said, and they, they chose Star Wars over Tarantino, and he went on Howard Stern and started bitching about it, and yada, yada, yada. And yeah, it, my, my feelings about that is if you're going to open a film up against Star Wars like a week after Star Wars comes out and your movie doesn't gross, I think you, you made a wrong decision and you should have released it in the spring. Yeah, let's let's see how Sisters has done this weekend against Star Wars, right? Awful. <laughs> but I bet the Chipmunks did well. I'm sure the Chipmunks did well. This was actually the weekend to see anything but Star Wars. 
because you could get in immediately. But then, well, hopefully uh, people went out to see Krampus because it still needs your love, people. It does need your love. Yes, it does. That's I a loved it. That's a film I enjoy as well, Krampus. Preach <laughs> I it. Did. Preach it. Well, I, I, I mean, fuck. Here we go. All right, all right. Oh, you know what? I do have something. Okay. I do. Because I'm so tired of horror fans bitching and moaning because we don't get anything good in the theater. And those same horror fans bitching and moaning because Doherty's Trick or Treat didn't get a theatrical release. I was one of those. I was really angry that Trick or Treat did not get a theatrical release because it fucking deserved it. That was a fantastic film. Now he has this new movie come out. Where are you? Where are you? Why aren't you going to see it? You like to complain that there's nothing good in the theater. You like to complain that Trick or Treat didn't get a release. Well, now here's another one by him. Go the fuck out there and see it. What is wrong with you? There. But we did get the Green Inferno in theaters, and that that didn't turn out too well for for most watching audiences that enjoy Cannibal Holocaust. You know. <laughs> I enjoyed Green Inferno. Oh, I, I liked it. Okay, I thought it was just a little too. And the only too, uh, thing that kicked me seen off it. about Damn that it. movie was uh, there was uh, the chick's reaction at the very, very end. I didn't quite get it, but um didn't make any sense to me. But I, I really did like the film other than that. But, I mean, Krampus is good. It's, like, solidly good. It looks beautiful. The sound design is amazing. Um, it's a fun movie. It's I just there just is no reason not to, especially if you're a trick or treat fan or, you know, if you feel like Michael Doherty deserved a shot and well, here's your chance to give it to him. So go give it to him. I did. I, so I, I can bitch now because <laughs> <laughs> I can complain toward everyone else because I did it. I did my part. Open wait, day wait, 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 wait. I have a bitch that's not a bitch and this not really Krampus related, but sort of. We have in Knoxville. It's a, it's a cheap seats. It's a second run dollar theater, two fifty for a ticket, and then you know four thousand dollars for popcorn. But <clears throat> all this week they are showing not only the Polar Express on the big screen again, but they are showing Home Alone on the big screen again. Last week they showed Gremlins on the big screen. Now this is something you don't get a whole lot where a little shitty, almost, you know, neighborhood theater will pop back up and be like, yeah, we're going to do this. And I fully support that shit, you know, and I'm going to go see, I hate the Polar Express with a passion, but I'll I'll sit through Home Alone on the big screen again. Hell yeah. Definitely Gremlins. Definitely Gremlins, yeah. I'm mad that I missed it. I we just we just couldn't make it out there. It's way on the other side of town. But <clears throat> yeah, that's awesome. If you get a theater in your town that is gonna show old movies and come close to that kind of repertory programming, support them. Please do. I agree with that. I, I mean, basically, I just think in general, people should get off their asses and leave their house more and do things because little businesses, are they can't compete with the Internet. And as long as people want to stay at home and sit on their ass, they're not going to be able to. And when they do, just, they do stuff like that, cool stuff like that, they deserve to be supported. Yeah, I agree. You know, help, help the little man go, uh, I don't have a dollar, dollar show of me anymore because uh, they kind of turned into a nightclub uh, there in Lovely Dalton, Illinois, the 60419. I spent a lot of time there. Uh, I think I've seen The Lion King there like 10 times as, as a youngster. And this is still when it came to, to – this is after it came to VHS. We couldn't really afford it, but you could afford the $1.50 to get to the theater to go see it. So uh, 
Yeah, it was always a happy place to go. I never had had when they had like revival screens like that though. It's pretty awesome. And uh, that yeah, that that's pretty sweet. You guys should support local places like that. They'll, they'll uh, close down and turn into uh, dance clubs for hoochie mamas to get their groove on. You know, <laughs> you, know you know what, Gary? At some point, we should have an episode where it's just you, me, and Jamie. Just like saying, people over 25 remembering good things and bitching about the bullshit now. <laughs> so basically the beginning of every show. Just all, just yeah, but just make it the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, and then there was a dollar, a seat, and I saw Lethal Weapon 18 times. You could, yeah. buy, you could buy a Frank for, for 50 cents. That's actually not a lie. The neighborhood theater I grew up in. Oh, God. Okay, I'm sorry. Jesus. <clears throat> so, uh, so much mouth. I need to shut up. Nope, Tar- I love it. Tarantino aside, I don't think anybody else really complain about it except for, uh, you know, I don't know. Not, nothing else, really. It's just the holiday season. I'm a big old curmudgeon. That's something to complain about, I guess. Yeah, I wish the holidays were over. But happy holidays to you folks, man. It's going to be going to be a good time. <laughs> Wink, wink, wink. Jesus, did I have the most beef on the show? That's terrifying. No, that's okay. Yeah, I never have beef, so I was like, <laughs> Well, you know what? It's all pent up. It's time to get it out. That was. Cute. You're right. You're right. This is therapy for me. It was erupting like something that erupts after <laughs> building for a very long time. All the previous episodes have just been strange. <clears throat> I've been all zen and shit. Now I'm like, No! Anger. <laughs> Naughty. X. Punish. Punish. Garbage day. <laughs> I guess uh, a good question to ask. This is like the holiday show. I, I never asked this on the last holiday show. It's a typical matchup of uh, segments. But um, if you guys have any special Christmas traditions that you guys do that you think are unique, uh, let, let me know now. I'll start with you, Jamie. Not really. I mean. Um, well, you know, um, this is, uh, this is only going to be our second Christmas together. So we don't really have anything like I'm still blending with his family and I got, this will be cause we didn't get to spend Christmas Eve with his family last year. So this year what he usually spends Christmas Eve with his brother and his mom and, and then, um, his mom will like come back and spend the night with him. And then, you know, Christmas day, they'll be together. So, um, that's what we're going to do this year is, uh, we're going to go out Christmas Eve to his brother's house. And, um, that'll be my first time doing that. So I'm looking forward to it. And then his mom will come back here and spend Christmas Eve with us. And well, I usually like to, one of my favorite things to do uh, always has been on Christmas Eve. I like to watch Scrooge and, Drink hot chocolate. That sounds really lame and simple, but I like it. Which Scrooge? The one from the 30s? Yes. That's my favorite version. Yes, that's a, that's exactly the one. And then Brian's mom, she was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull out this screen. You've never seen this version." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? That's the one I watch every year. <laughs> of course, I've seen it." She's like, "You've seen this one?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah." She doesn't sound exactly like that, but I'm like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and I really like to watch them all. The only one I don't like Mickey's Christmas Carol because I'm just not a Mickey Mouse fan. I never <laughs> have. Um, I don't like Mickey's Christmas Carol and the do- and the Mr. Magoo one is kind of boring to me. But um, other than that, I like to watch all the versions. Um, 
Scrooged too. I love that movie. But um, on Christmas Eve, it's specifically that version. And um, yeah, I like to curl up with that. And that's my own personal tradition. Glorious. X? You know what, Jamie? I don't know a lot about your love story with Brian, but it sounds amazing. And the fact that you moved up there to be with him has always really impressed me. And I've never gotten a chance to tell you that, so I'm telling you now. I just think you guys are amazingly sweet, and I appreciate that. Being in the middle. You're so sweet. Well, I mean, being in the middle of a fantastic love story myself with me and Cootie, I mean, it's just, you know, it resonates with me, and I really, I I really like you guys together. Um, Cootie always watches Scrooge. She loves that movie. But as a family, and this is so weird, as a family, our Christmas movie is Santa's Sleigh with Bill Goldberg and Robert Culp. Um, (laughs) So we watch that. We watch that every season. We don't celebrate Christmas. We do celebrate Yule. So we're going to be celebrating um, the solstice this year, which is the 22nd. Lots of presents under the tree. And then on Christmas, the actual Christmas day, we go over to her folks. And it's really interesting for me to have in-laws that like me. So I love going over there to hang out with her folks. They're both really neat people. And her sisters show up and all the grandkids show up and everything. And it's just, it's really nice. It's a really nice kind of, um, I don't even know what the word is, but we're all together and we don't get to see each other together all the time. So that's, that's fun for me to be part of that side of the family. Cause my family, the rest of the, my side of the family is all split up. We've got my sisters in California, my dad's in Daytona, my mom's in Kentucky. So I don't get to see all of them. So it's good to be with Cootie's side of the family so I feel like there's somewhere that I belong. <clears throat> so that's what we do over the holidays. And then on New Year's, we just, um, you know, drink as much wine as we can. <laughs> We're just like, fuck, another goddamn beer, okay. So that's what we do. But anyway, yeah, I just, the fact that you went to goddamn Michigan from Georgia. Jeez. <laughs> I don't yeah. ever want to. I don't ever want to go further north than you know where my mama lives in Kentucky. I'm done. I won't even go to Cincinnati. So you you've amazed me. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny is it's like Christmas in Georgia here now. It's um, going to be on Wednesday this coming Wednesday. It's going to be 59 degrees here. It's going to be like, 75 what here. The hell. See, a Chicago, uh, a Chicago guy could appreciate that. Like, I, f- fuck snow, okay? That's all I got to say about that. Well, we should have snow here by now. It's a, it's, I don't, I mean, I don't, we've had little piddly. I don't like, want you know, it, man. I don't want it at all. Snows, but um, it's just, it's so bizarre to not have snow here this time of year. But I'm actually okay with it. I mean, hell, I don't even wear a jacket outside. And Brian's like, you take a jacket. And I'm like, I don't need, it's not cold. <laughs> I don't need one. I mean, this is so weird. But, um... Yeah, he. I'm very happy that that I did that, even if it meant leaving Georgia, which is a beautiful place. I love Georgia, um, but Michigan is beautiful too, and I've been very happy here. And he's a sweetheart. I think you guys are sweet. I'm, I'm glad you enjoy our company. I, I enjoy yours as well. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, my holiday BS is uh, hopefully involves not shoveling snow because fuck that, you know? Right. You say, hey, hey, where's the snow? I say, what about the snow? Because you get that heart attack snow, which they could call it here. They call it in Chicago <laughs> heart attack snow. 
<laughs> which is a wintry mix of snow and rain, which caused a heart attack stuff because it's so fucking heavy, you could break your back, you might fall out and drop dead. Oh, fuck that. This, this is what you want in Chicago, and this is what I don't have in Chicago right now. And I couldn't be happier. It's going to be 59 degrees on Wednesday. It's, it's, it's going to be lovely, you know. Uh, but, yeah, as far as Christmas goes for me, I, I enjoy other people's Christmases. They, 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 they're having a good time. I don't have any little ones to speak of, so I don't have that connection to say, I should really give a fuck about Christmas because I'm going to be 35 on Tuesday. And I'm to the point now, if, if you get me something, great. If not, I'm not going to throw a fit about it. But at the same time, I, I wanted to like, get something special for my friends. And that, that's in my mother and possibly my sister. She's not being an asshole. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's it, really, you know. And the, the, it's, it's one of those things where I'm not, I'm not, not being a curmudgeon. I just, I can, I'm glad you're having a good Yule, a good Christmas, if you will. And I just... I just don't care. It's one of those things. It's, it's the birth of Christ, and you know whatever you want to call it. But you know, it's just, it's it's. I don't I don't like church people, so I, I don't go to church. And I'm, I'm not one of those people that say I'm gonna go to church on Easter, Christmas, and New Year's because I'm, I'm not into it like that. I know lots of folks who are like that. I guess that that's a beef. I guess you you uh, some timers churchgoers, you know. But uh, <laughs> I'm not part of that cult. Um, they show up just enough to remind God that they're still out there. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I mean. I'm going to Suzanne's yeah. house for Christmas <laughs> Day. Yeah, Suzanne's in front of the show. You guys have heard her before on the commentaries and stuff. And on this That show. means you'll get to see, like, Suspiria on Christmas. Uh, what are we, I think we watched Guardians and stuff last year, I think. I forget really? now. Yeah. Because that's just right when Guardians came out. And, yeah. Um, I, I I would I would absolutely demand to watch Suspiria with Suzanne on Christmas because I know but, she loves it. But Suzanne and Pat can, can her husband Pat can cook their ass off, and I had a wonderful meal last time. So, and I'm fat, so fat guys like to eat. It's not a myth, guys. Okay. Hell yeah. It's, it's like Irish guys <laughs> like to drink. It's, if potatoes go with everything, it's just true. Okay, it's just, it's just true. He's right, you know. It's not racist if it's true, okay? And I'm I'm 50% Irish. I can tell you that it's true, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically you know my, my holiday plans. I try to engulf myself in the holiday season with with films and you know stuff like that. And that's the best I'm gonna do basically <laughs> with the holiday stuff. And I keep waiting for Jamie to give us a revealing Phoebe Kate's Gremlins type story, you know, one of these days. And I'm sure it's gonna happen one of these days. <laughs> My dad did not die in a chimney. Um, no. Did you ever get lost? Did you ever get lost in a, in a play, was it a, a playground with a guy looking like Abraham Lincoln or you know? No, I did get lost in Arlington Cemetery once, but it wasn't it wasn't at Christmas time. Did you ever walk <laughs> out of a pool while living in stereo while the Cars was playing? <laughs> Just the other day. <laughs> where's Where's the YouTube video of that? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Does anybody fucking knock anymore? Oh, if you were going to say it, I was going to say it, okay? <laughs> oh, Jennifer Jason Lee and your lack of breasts. I watched that the other day, though, so that's funny. Yeah, uh, that's good stuff. Ago. I was like, I want to see this, and Brian's like, what? Like, how random is that? I'm I like, watched it the other day, too. <laughs> I'm going to watch it now, and so we did, and he's like, that was a good call. I'm like, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love how Damone's trying to preach about cheap trick. Oh, the glory like of Robin Zander. Uh, was it the majesty of Rick Nielsen, he says? <laughs> yes, the majesty of Rick Nielsen. 
Oh, that's good stuff. That's kid stuff. Shut up, woman. I don't want to hear about it. They're from Rosemont, Illinois. And I, I, we, we love Cheap Trick here, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's like uh, the, the Bob Seger theory. Other folks just don't get it like Midwesterns do. It's all I'm saying. You know, it, it, you know, it's funny that you should say that because since I have moved to Michigan, I have never in my life heard more Bob Seger or Kid Rock. <laughs> but what? everywhere you go, it's Bob Seger and Kid Rock. Bob Seger and Kid Rock. And I'm like, I, I understand that this is where they're from. I get that. And I know you're proud, but you people are fucking proud, man. I can like, vouch for Kid Rock's You don't hear stuff. REM every time you're walking down the street in Georgia. <laughs> Maybe you should. <laughs> Sit around here and Skinnered. Oh, Skinnered all the fucking time. <laughs> just just play stand over a loudspeaker and you start dancing in unison, you know? You'll be walking oh. down the street in Knoxville and somebody will just random yell, Free Bird! And that's <laughs> it. That here, man. Come on now. That's the next 20 Hurry minutes up! done. <laughs> no, I, I can vouch for Kid Rock's earlier career when he starts, when he stops singing about booze and pussy. He starts singing about America and shit. I was like, I, I, I tuned out. I blame Sheryl Crow. <laughs> and the death of Josie. Oh, God rest that little man. Oh, fucking Eddie Money has a concert here every year, like in the summer. And all these, everyone goes to it, like every age. Like there was this girl that, she's like 19 and I worked with her. And she's like, you know, I'm going to the Eddie Money concert. Like, do you even know who Eddie Money is? And she's like, well, I go every year. I'm like, no, I mean, other than that. And she's like, well, I know he's from your generation. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) He's that creepy guy in that insurance commercial or whatever the hell it is. I, was it an insurance commercial that anybody's in? I don't know. I saw the Europe commercial for Geico. Oh, that's lovely. That's so great. Well, I forget what the what he's selling, but Eddie Money's in a commercial where he's like he's got he looks like he's about freaking fourteen days stoned. You get those wide eyes. Well, they're, they're trying to get tickets for vacation. There's four of them. He's like, I got two tickets to paradise. <laughs> he just keeps saying it. He's yes, got those wide eyes. About. I know what you're talking about. That's awesome. So oh, wait. Show- here's a funny story, though, real quick about that same chick. Good. We're at work the other day, and Beastie Boys comes on. Nice. And I said, um, I was like, oh, man, this is the first tape I bought when I got my Walkman. And she goes, what's a Walkman? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no fucking lie. And I'm like, what What do you mean? She's like, what's a Walkman? I'm like, you, um, I said, do you know what a Discman is? She's like. No, I'm like okay, they were before you had iPods. That that was what I was like. You would it was a cassette player that you would carry around with you. And she is just seriously looking at me. Compl- she has not a clue what I'm talking about. Not even close. I'm like I have never. I was like surely you've heard the word before. You've heard someone use the term Walkman, and she's like no. I'm like what the fuck? <laughs> I have blew my mind. I have two comments on that. First of all, if you don't know what a Walkman is, you don't get to listen to License to Ill. Thank you. You don't. It's just not allowed. Secondly, you know what always cracked me up about the first Footloose poster that came out with Kevin Bacon? Because the tagline was, the music is on his side. Well, obviously, he's wearing a Walkman. You can see it. (laughs) The music is literally on his side. It's attached to his belt. Oh, man. You guys remember those massive Old headsets to play people. the radio? What? You guys remember one of those massive headsets to play the radio? 
Jesus. Oh, like Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elm Street? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Had it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I had licensed it on vinyl back in the day because uh, nice. we, we, I, I was too poor to own cassettes, so we bought them used and got a lot of a lot of records from the library, including the Goonies soundtrack quite a bit for some reason. <laughs> nice. I had, your, I had your eight arms to hold you again for some reason. No, I'm done with that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we've gathered here tonight to, to talk about, or, or today, to talk about a series of films that you can either love or hate, but you, you can definitely talk about them. To, so they got that going for them. Uh, being the Silent Night, Deadly Night films, we're going to cover all six of them for you guys here. And it's going to be kind of painful for all of us, but not so much for me, I don't think. Because uh, I think I enjoy myself way more than the rest of these guys, but I could be totally wrong on that one. Hopefully but, it'll be enjoyable for the listeners. I, I think it will be, because there's, there's enough there. And uh, <laughs> we'll start with the very first one, Silent Night, Deadly Night, right after the trailer. Oh, the very first one, Silent Night, Deadly Night, from 1984. Uh, plot synopsis is this. After his parents are murdered, a young tormented teacher goes on a murderous rampage, dressed as Santa, due to his stay at orphanage where he was abused by the Mother Superior. Uh, this features a whole bunch of folks you probably don't know. Other folks uh, in his later films you might have recognized, but not really in this film. Uh, actually, anybody you recognize in this film? No. No? <laughs> Not a damn person. I think everybody... Yeah, the that... Toy Store guy, Ira, he's uh, he's like a character actor. Yes, I've seen him in stuff. I just can't recall what... Oh, yeah, that guy. He's always like Herb Edelman's stunt double. Yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it has, I forgot it has Linnea, who has one of the best deaths in the movie. Oh, uh, Denise. And one of the best racks in the movie. But... <laughs> <laughs> one of the best racks. She must have just had him done or something, you know, because I, I don't endorse rape, but those her boobies in Savage Streets are way smaller. It's all I'm saying. They are non-existent yes. in, in Savage Streets. I mean, not, this is not the same person. Um, but, yeah, I just realized her racks We have to the rack. link to Savage Streets, right? <laughs> it's just been very dangerous for those. Through her rack. <laughs> must have been very dangerous for those implants, that's all I'm saying. All the, all the antlers hanging out like that. Nerve-wracking. <laughs> I'm done. I, I know ecstasy. This uh, the 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 match where Gail Kim's uh, breast implant got knocked out of place. <laughs> X can relate. X can relate. You see that action? You know. Yeah. Only only the second worst uh, of the of rusting injuries. Uh, the first belongs to Sid, Sid Vicious, and uh, yeah, that's all you, baby. You know, that's breaking fine. that breaking that ankle like that. You know. Right. 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 <laughs> um. I'll start with uh, we'll start with Jamie here. What is your thoughts on uh, Southern uh, Southern uh, the the very first one? There you go. I was muttering my words. I I really like this film. Uh, first of all, I think that it has one of the greatest beginnings ever because when we first walk into that institution and we get to spend like five, oh, it kills me. They drive hours so that they can be in the room for five minutes with. This grandpa that, for all they know, has no idea they're even there. And I love it because little Billy is like, so why did we bother coming? You know, if he doesn't know we're here, why are we here? And I'm like, yes, kids tell it like it is. I love that. But then we get that beautiful moment of pure terror where grandpa's like, you should be afraid. Christmas Eve is the scariest night of the year. And I'm like, oh, shit. Um, and then. What kind of mother is going to walk off and leave her little boy with this man? He doesn't know who he is. 
even if the man doesn't talk to him, she's like, oh, he won't hurt you. You know, like, I'm like six years old. Why are you leaving me in this room all alone with this creepy old dude? Can't I go with you? Can't you stay here? Let dad go talk to the doctor about his records. Like, none of that is very realistic to me. That's why I love it. And so then from there, we just sort of uh, get going. Now, the one thing that bothers me about this movie is how that little kid who is so freaking precious, that kid is is adorable as all hell. By the time we see Billy next, when he's a little bit older, there is no way in hell that cute little kid grew up to be that kid with the mullet, (laughs) because no. And then there's no way in hell that kid with the mullet grew up to be fine grown-up Billy, (laughs) because hello, Billy. (laughs) Oh, Puberty does weird shit, Jamie. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> I could, uh, you know, he could deliver a package any day of the year. He doesn't have to wait for Christmas. I, I'll <laughs> package. <tell you> that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, does anyone else think that Randy, who works at the toy store, does any does he remind anyone else of <laughs> of Dave Zendano? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's the little Guido action. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking shit about the man, but yeah, he, he looks a little bit like our Dave Z, yes. I actually told Dave that when I was watching it the other day. I'm like, you know what? I'm watching Silent I Deadly Night right now. You remind me of Randy. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, I can't help it. You don't been fucking around back here in this storehouse. I'm cracking skulls. He's actually kind of like the love child of Dave Z and Frankie Avalon. That's who... Randy reminds me of. Um, anyway, I, I'm being all random here, but uh, <laughs> I love Dave. I shouldn't talk shit. No, he's a, he's a doll. I um oh I really do enjoy this film. I think it's a I think it's a fun idea to take something that is held so sacred and turn it on its ear, make Santa evil. Uh, why not? You know, some that's some of the best horror films are born of taking something very innocent and making it very deadly and very scary. But my favorite thing about this film was the controversy that came along with it. I mean, if this movie were to have come out today, none of that would have happened. Nobody would have even blinked an eye, you know. But in 1984, this movie opened the same weekend as Nightmare on Elm Street. And it was actually doing better than Nightmare on Elm Street. Only it was pulled from theaters like six days later by TriStar, because they pussied under because there was so much controversy that they yanked all the ad campaigns and then they eventually yanked it from the theater. And I have to wonder if they had left it, you know, the controversy would have done wonders for ticket sales. It would have stomped nightmare at the theater if, if they had left it. I just think that's kind of hilarious, but um, you know, everyone, angry parents, picketers, people are just, you know, I, what are some of my favorite quotes? Like, uh, from letters that, that people wrote are, I'm not one to, I'm not one for censorship, but, you know, I'm a proponent of the First Amendment, but, I'm like, you know what, those those statements should never be followed with a but. You know, it's like, I am all for the First Amendment, unless you say something I don't agree with. You know, I am not one for censorship, unless it's something that I don't like, uh, is basically what they're saying. And Mickey Rooney being one of them, he spoke out really loudly about this movie, which will be funny later on. Um, anyway, that's my favorite thing about it is that it was just such a it was such a perfect time for this movie to hit and cause the fuss that it did, uh, which 
if it hadn't, it could have just come and gone and maybe it would have been nothing more than a passing thing. But because of all of that, it has now become a cult classic. And I, I think there's something really special about that. You know, plus all the the uh, the music in this movie was uh, I think it was written especially for this movie. And because you never hear it anywhere else. I mean, you never hear warm side of the if you ever hear warm side of the door, you know what the hell you're watching. Um, Is that the Billy putting toys away montage scene? Yes. (laughs) And that's another one. That's another thing I love is all the scenes we were in the toy store. I love scanning the shelves for toys that I had as a kid or toys that friends of mine had or even toys that I remember seeing commercials for. Like that whole thing is a very nostalgic trip for me. Um, Plus, you know, we get some pretty cool gore, especially if you're watching the the uncut version that has been kind of pieced together, which I am okay with sacrificing video quality to be able to see some scenes that uh, we missed out on, you know, um, I, there's just so much, I think there's so much other stuff going on in this movie. Um, but uh, a lot of, I mean, cause people like to dismiss it as just being uh, nothing but um, a slasher for slasher's sake kind of thing. I really think there's more going on here, but I'm going to stop talking now and give other people a chance to talk about it. And then like, maybe we can do some more talking. X. I really, really love this movie and I did not expect to, um, but there's something so darkly comic about all the shit that happens to, to Billy and his brother, Ricky. I mean, to go from, Hey, Santa Claus killed your dad and raped your mom and then cut her throat. Then you get to go to the worst orphanage in the world. And and then you get to work at a toy store. And they want you to play Santa Claus because that's the guy that killed your parents. And no wonder you're fucked up. It's just like every horrible orphan trope you can imagine is just in this movie. Um, one thing that I noticed is the director, Charles Selliers Jr. I was like, where do I know that name from? And this is the same guy who did Grizzly Adams. And that freaked me out because how do you go from family friendly Grizzly Adams to Silent Night, Deadly Night? And I don't know, but it apparently really did a number on this dude because he was... According to Wikipedia, he was born a Cajun Catholic, then he converted to Mormonism, and then to Evangelical Christianity. And he took his own life at the age of 67. Wow. Right? So this is like a tragedy behind the scenes. I think this movie really fucked this guy up, where he was like, I probably should not have made this movie. But there is so much about this movie to absolutely... I mean, just from an unintentional humor standpoint, there's so much to love. Like, when they're worried that Santa Claus is going to come back to the orphanage to get revenge on Mother Superior, and there's that cop who looks like he could be Kevin Bacon's dad, and he's driving that truck. (laughs) He's driving that, he's driving that, that, that truck that always spins out on a curve, no matter how slow he takes it. (laughs) And he ends up shooting this guy dressed up as Santa, but it's not really Santa. It's Father O'Brien, and he wouldn't have heard you coming because he's deaf. <laughs> Are you fucking Could it be any more tragic? He is not only a priest, but he's a deaf priest a who deaf works at an orphanage. Dressed as Santa. It's like the worst. It's like everything in this is like the worst possible thing you can imagine. 
It's just awful. It's like you expect to see this on A&E. Well, Billy was, you know, biography. <laughs> no wonder he killed 98,000 people because he was all fucked up. Um, but, yeah, that dark humor is really what keeps me going through this movie. <clears throat> Otherwise, it's just a, it's just a tragedy. Um, so I really like this movie a lot. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, we, Cootie and I sat here and watched it and laughed our asses off. It's really pretty. It's really pretty great. It's really a lot better than the controversy would have let you believe. And you have to think that controversy was led by people who didn't actually watch the movie. The same as people who. Um, like Harry Potter and... Well, and like Last Temptation of Christ or Life of Brian. You know, you're dealing with some kind of weird messianic concept or at least a Christmas-related concept. And people were like, you can't mess with our traditions. And they were like, oh, sorry, we already did. And now it's just it's just a classic. I would watch this every... I will watch this every year from now on, now that I've seen it. Uh, sorry, the baby cat stepped on my mic. Um, okay. <laughs> um, Siskel and Ebert went so far when they reviewed this film, they went so far as to call out members of the production team and tell them shame on you on their show. Well, they notoriously yeah. shit on horror films in the and 80s. They, all did, the they 80s. did. Yeah, they did. And I have I could do an entire show on shit. They said that I have issue with but, uh, like um, giving away Betsy Palmer's home address so they could viewers could write to her about oh, Friday the 13th. Christ. Jesus Christ. Right? Uh, right? Uh, that was just... Uh, they make me so angry. But um, <laughs> Siskel more so than Ebert as a rule. But, um, Ebert worked with Russ Meyer. He had no room to talk. Oh, they And that... See? Thank you. Thank you. Um, but anyway, it was just... Um, so even, like, the, the critics... I mean, the critics were saying some really nasty things, you know? And it was just... Uh, stop it it's just like oh they're ruining christmas for everyone well kids you know they're ruining christmas for all the kids all right well you shouldn't take your kids to see silent night deadly night asshole maybe that's your first problem you know and it's like oh the ad campaign is misleading what is misleading about an axe sticking out of, of santa's hand yes there's a chimney and yes santa's going down the chimney but he's holding a goddamn axe if that doesn't give you a clue then maybe you should not parent. I don't know. I'm just, just I'm just that's just a stab in the dark. But Convert to Judaism normal, now. Just, just but, tell your kids uh, <laughs> he's going to he's going to cut chopped on a fresh Douglas fir for your family. And everyone's like, oh, they're murdering. You just murdered her. It's sacred. You can't touch this. You can't tell. Fuck you. Okay. I just that whole mentality that if I hold it dear. You can't do anything or say anything bad about it. Fuck, fuck that, you know. And it just it pisses me. Well, that's me how off. I feel about Prince of Darkness. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's yeah, that's kind of how I feel about like you know Jaws and stuff. But right, whatever. Okay, and I did tell that one kid during the Exorcist screening that he needed to have respect, but it was just mm, he said it was boring. Who says the Exorcist is boring? Um. I don't even understand that. It's boring uh, yeah. in, in parts, but not, you know, when you get in the meat potatoes of it. Not on the whole. No. Not on the whole, At though. the very end, he was just like, it was boring. And so I just, oh, I, Jesus. I let loose on him. But, you know, all right. So I guess who am I to talk then? But stop, stop it. Uh, go no, ahead. No, 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 no. You did, you did the right thing. Don't feel badly about that. 
Oh, yeah. This this one fits right up in there with you know all those holiday theme films for me. It, it's it's in the upper echelon because of what you get before the killing starts to really happen. Well, when Billy starts killing folks, because that's just a devastating scene where we're this what seems like an isolated incident. This this kid, this Santa Claus who just who got thirty seven bucks from that fucking convenience store after shooting some guy in the head and. He decided he needed more money and more time to, to, to go kill some folks. And Santa's a great shot, by the way, because he shoots Daddy in the face no problem while Daddy's Daddy's peeling off. And I'm not rooting for folks to die in a film, but I, I can I can I can I can put a say that's a good shot, man. You know, because other folks he just like shoot blindly and you know not do the job. But didn't he have like a snub nose revolver? I think so. Yeah, that's a fucking almost impossible shot. And then, of course, he does what he does to Mom while, while Billy is watching all of this, which is more and more devastating. And, um, and it would have been so a- bad if Billy hadn't been so goddamn cute with his page boy haircut and his lisp. He's ah. so cute. That kid is the cutest damn kid he ever. He is. Oh, he's so cute. Like when you sit in the back seat, no, Mommy, it's naughty to say bad things about old people. I'm like, oh, I want to eat you alive. You're adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to put him on a little hot dog bun. Eat him up. <laughs> oh, yeah, but all this stuff with uh, Mother Superior. I have a lot of friends who went to Catholic school, and they're, they're very, you know, open about telling you what you should like and what what's a sin and what's that, what's the other. Well, Mother Superior in this film just, just picked on Billy so much. You had a shit life to begin with. And she, they, they took him in because I guess they had no place else to go because apparently you don't have any family if you're in this other this family to go to. But I'm guessing Grandpa's not going to take him in. Oh, Grandpa would definitely take him in, but very, very creepy indeed. There's that one scene where Billy's looking through the keyhole while those two people are having sex. Yes. See, and here's the thing about that. You know what? If you're in a Catholic orphanage and you decide to go ahead and, you know, perform those actions... Why would you be so loud that the kid all the way down the fucking hallway can hear you and wonder what's wrong? Well, they thought, you know? they, were all, they, thought they were all outside, for one thing, and uh, Billy was hanging out, I guess. Muffle that shit. Waiting for the sex sounds, like like the boy in part five, which we'll get to. I just don't, I mean, if, if, if that place is run by, if the place you're in is run by Mother Superior, like this Mother Superior, I, I can't even... I wouldn't do anything wrong. Uh, she scares the shit out of me. And she's so mean. She's very mean, yes. And poor Billy. Poor, I just poor. feel bad for him. Yeah. I feel bad for both of them. <laughs> Billy, I love the scene where she goes in and pushes, she smushes Ricky's face down into the pillow when Billy, like the night that she ties Billy to the bed. Yes. And Ricky pops up and she's like, wham! <laughs> Lay down! <laughs> I know people who pay extra for that. Do anything? <laughs> no, the bondage, bondage of little boys in this movie is uh, it's out of control. That's all I'm saying. Uh, he's just having a nightmare because his mother got raped by Santa Claus. That would that would give me some nightmares too. That's all I'm saying. Um, but yeah, of course, you know when Santa comes to the orphanage, I love that scene because Bill, Billy just cold cocks that motherfucker. He don't want no part of Santa Claus and did. Santa goes flying like that kid packs a wallop or the fuck he said, you know, and sent him to the floor. He gets to straight the clever lang all of a sudden. He just knocks that Santa <laughs> out of his ass. You know? <laughs> that Chicago training, son. Yeah, buddy. No. 
but then, then, then of course he gets punished for that. Punish, 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 punish. Everything needs to be punished, and this leads to Billy becoming in the a, a strapping eighteen-year-old man. You know, uh, mulletless but happy. I, I love the little boy mullet. Were you guys have this when you were a kid, Max? And you can probably relate to this. So they refer to as a little boy's haircut. I don't know. Sorry, I was talking and I hit the button the wrong way. Um, a little boy's haircut. My grandmother leased the back of her house out to a hairstylist. So I never really had a little boy's haircut, but I did uh, when I was in middle school and the beginning of high school. I had not only a mullet, but I had a bleach blonde rat tail to go with it. Oh, nice. my Lord. Yeah, man. Uh, wow. Simon LeBon. To me, a little boy's, I always think of, all right, there's that one haircut that every little boy has when he's like in the seventh grade. And it's, <laughs> it's that shaved head thing. <laughs> it's like, I swear every kid goes through that shaved head period where it's a. Oh, where his mom like a, did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's seventh grade boy haircut. It's <laughs> summer. You're going to be too hot. I'm going to shave your head. <laughs> But, um, yeah, much like Jamie said about the toys on, on the shelves of the grid at, at the toy store, I was being the pretty job. nostalgic myself. You oh, know? the job of the hut playset. Oh, the yes. job of the hut playset. The, the crawl board game. Anybody spot that? Yes! And even those uh, those uh, inflatable bunny rabbits that we used to get those around Easter time every year. They'd be like pink or purple or whatever. They're really, well, if you watch it again, look for them. Yeah, you didn't see a lot of piece of shit toys, you know, like those sponges, you, those pills you used to put in water and create sponges with them, you know? Oh, my kid used to love those. <laughs> it's kind of a waste of time, but at least with shrink eating, so you got creative or something like that, but those are kind of a waste of time to me. I think Castle Grayskull you spotted in there, and uh, I always had Snake Mountain, so I've always wanted Castle Grayskull, so I was kind of jealous. Um, a bunch of Star Wars stuff. Yes. Product placement all over the film. Stuff your face. <laughs> that board game. Holy shit. Oh, man. But yeah, when you get to the Meat Potatoes film where basically Billy is uh, is poised to dress as the store of Santa Claus because Santa Claus broke his leg hilariously. Ho, 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 ho. And uh, this is where Billy starts to break down. And yeah, as soon as he starts, he starts to see the, the naughtiness of the world come out, especially when our own Dave Zendano lookalike try, tries to <laughs> rape a girl in the back. And this, uh, I switch... think she could be a little more appreciative of Billy. I mean, he just saved you from being raped. I mean, it was a little extreme. I, I will say that. You know? Yes. But, <laughs> Sorry. you know, I don't know if I'd go all, I don't know if I'd be mad at him. I'd probably be like, wow, that was a little extreme, but thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe not. Well, she was all E.G. Daily Jr., so. Mm. <laughs> That's like my candy, dude. E.G. Daly and uh, Tara, Tara Strong. Good stuff, man. Yeah. They did, they did great voices during the lovemaking. This is the fantasy of mine, just to bang Harley Quinn. I'm sorry, you know. I, I don't know anybody who doesn't share that, so we're good right now. She goes straight into Buttercup, and now, now I don't know if we could turn on some more, but I'm a big Powerpuff Girls fan, so, you know. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that right there, though. Leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Oh my god! But um, are you also a brony? Oh uh, well, I've met I've met some sexy bronies in my time, but I'm not a brony myself. <laughs> I've been to conventions where bronies were were around, and uh, they're okay when they're 18 or older, you know. Let's just say around here, a chemical X means something completely different. 
<laughs> but yeah, when Billy starts his killing spree, it's, it's, it's pretty pretty great. I don't think quite as great as the second film, but it's it's pretty awesome. Uh, we get a young Linnea quickly, you know, we, uh, with her breast implants intact. And the shortest short shorts you ever want to see on a white, on a white girl with no ass, you know. I, I love Linnea, but she has no ass either, you know. And it shows in this movie. And uh, she gets the antler kill, which is uh, either you've seen it or you haven't seen it. But uh, Billy dispatches her, you know. Hell, I've not only seen it; it's hanging on my tree right now. Nice. I've got the Silent Night, Deadly Night Christmas ornament of Linnea impaled on the antlers. <laughs> I know the thing. <laughs> Yeah, it came from Fright Rags. Actually, Iris gave it to us last year. Cool. Um, but yeah, you get more of the same. You get more and more of the him killing folks with with his his trusty axe that he procured, and and uh, Mother Superior fearing that he's going to come for her, and the, that's the thing in this movie where it kind of turns into um, the Tommy Dreaded Sundown a little bit with the the, the Keystone cops wondering. <laughs> Oh, we're we'll, we'll now Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. You know that kind of deal, but not not as funny. Although you can't laugh at parts of this film, and I think that uh, the, the film is is kind of I don't know. It, it kind of ends kind of funny for me, and not not in a good way. You know, if, if where you guys mentioned that you know that, that Santa Claus comes to go see the children at the orphanage, including little Ricky, the little brother, who uh, our, our our deaf uh, preacher gets shot right in front of, and uh, he's seen that happen. And of course, somebody, <laughs> they get locked into the orphanage, and of course, somebody lets Billy in, very, very a la, you know, that kind of thing, and, and all through the house, which I think I think Larry Drake plays uh, evil Santa Claus the best out of anybody else. And uh, Although the one in the, the, the Joan Collins one from the movie is still pretty I creepy. love the Joan Collins one, yeah, that's my favorite. But, um, yeah, and then Billy gets a... Uh, 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 um, dispatched by the our, our cops, and of course in front of children. I guess you children went on Christmas Day, and but as far as the film goes, the, the, this film to me was uh, it's it's it's, it's enjoyable, but uh, not as crazy as which we get later on, in my opinion. So I, it's, it's not really going to reflect on my score, but I I I think it's pretty great. I think it's uh, five bucks for the digital, and uh, it's on my Voodoo right now, so I'm happy about that. Um, actually, anything else you want to say about it? Um, what did I, there seems like there was something really important I wanted to say about it, but I can't think of it anymore because I didn't take notes. Mostly because I watched all of these in like a 36 hour period, so I was kind of numb, really, by the time it was done. So, no, let's go ahead. Uh, I really like that sled decapitation scene. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's great. Oh, that was nice. Because Billy hates bullies, man. And they they, they sold their sled. Yeah, that, that was pretty awesome. And the head looked pretty 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 uh pretty great too. I gotta say, the head and the cast. kitty cat makes it out okay. So that makes me happy. The kitty cat makes it out okay. Yes. Yeah, it always upsets me when things happen to the animals. You know, but that kitty cat's okay. What if it's comedic like in Stitches? Uh, I let it's a, I let it pass. Like I do think it's kind of funny, you know, but um, it doesn't upset me like. Like a, a normal thing, because it's so clearly not real, you know. Mm-hmm. But, much, like uh, the, much like the kitty cat rodeo inside Joe's apartment, see. <laughs> That's just hilarious. I haven't seen that in forever. Um, shit, what was I gonna say? I don't know. Anyway, you, I guess you can go. I, I had something I thought, but it it's passed. Though. It flitted away. <laughs> okay, we'll go with scores now. One to ten. Next, what do you give Silent Night, Deadly Night? I'm going to give it a seven. 
which surprises even me, but I will go, yeah, 7 out of 10 for this. For the first one, absolutely. Okay, Jamie? Uh, I can mirror that. Actually, I might even bump it a little bit higher and say 7.5. Okay. Um, yeah, for what we get later on in this series, and I, I enjoy that kind of cheese, I, I'm going to give it uh, a solid 7 as well, but my later scores on the other films might reflect on this one and may think less of me. I don't know for sure, but uh, we'll find out as we progress uh, on the series. And what we should do right now and move on to Southern Night, Deadly Night Part 2, right for the trailer. He's back. It's the terrorizing sequel to the film that shocked a nation by breaking all the rules. It's Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. Santa's back, and he's mighty miffed at the naughty nun who drove his demented brother on a murderous rampage that made headlines across the country. Now, step by step, weapon by weapon, victim by victim, Santa's gonna finish what his brother started. So you better watch out, you better not pout, because Santa Claus is coming to your town, and he knows who's been naughty and who's been nice. Hold on tight for the sequel that'll chill you through your very soul. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2, which doesn't have a subtitle, which is okay. Here's the IMDb synopsis. Ricky, the brother of the killer in the first film, talks to a... (laughs) Well, they didn't even spell this right on IMDb. So, um, he talks to a psychiatrist about how he became a brutal killer after his brother died, leading back to Mother Superior. Um, Yeah, the entire first half of this movie, let's say 45 plus 45 equals 90. Does it? Let's say that, yes. Let's say that, okay, because I'm not good with maths. Um, The first 45 minutes of this movie is nothing but flashbacks to the original Silent Night, Deadly Night film. Um, but after that, it, the last 45 minutes of this movie gets really weird and it's a lot of fun and I really kind of dig it. So we've gone from Billy who was murdered at the end of the first film to his brother, Ricky. Now, Ricky in the first film was what? Six months old, seven months old. Yeah. Somewhere right around there. Yeah. He was, he was a baby. But like he says, um, Billy told me all about what happened. So what we have in the second half of this movie, and part of the first half, Billy starts having Ricky's flashbacks about what happened during the first film, stuff that he couldn't possibly have known about, but he has these memories of it like they're his own which makes as much sense as the dog having flashbacks in the hills have eyes part that two. Was, God damn it. That's the exact example I was going to use. It's because there's no other example like it, Jamie. It's okay. We all, <laughs> we all thought of this, but it's exactly, that's exactly it. It makes no sense. He's talking to the psychiatrist and he's like, <laughs> when he's talking to the psychiatrist, he's just like swagger boy. He's like, I'm gonna kill you, bleh, bleh, bleh. just fucking syllables, just you know. <laughs> <laughs> and his face is 
the his eyes bulging. Oh my head. god! It's like it's like his <laughs> eyebrows are like sculpted out of really tiny bricks. Just he's just very threatening, but he eventually kills the psychiatrist um, by wrapping audio tape around his neck. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to pull tape out of a cassette, but that shit snaps real easy. It does, yes. So the fact that he killed the psychiatrist with reel-to-reel tape, not really a realistic way to go. If you put a whole lot of it together, maybe you'd be stronger that way, but, you know, I I doubt it very much. Yeah, maybe. So anyway, Ricky goes out and... set upon by someone before he fashioned this rope out of (laughs) reel-to-reel. I mean, it's just, that would take some time. He's like over there unwinding the spool. What are you doing? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Just sit <laughs> still. Around his neck. So anyway, finally Ricky gets loose, and he's just walking the streets, and he does just normal shit. He gets a girlfriend, and the girlfriend has an ex-boyfriend who's you know a dick. And we have to talk about we, what his horrible bleach blonde hair. Oh yeah. Oh. oh my god. We have to talk about this whole scene on the street. We have to. Um, Ricky's walking with his girlfriend. What's her name? Jennifer. I think so. Yes. Okay. Sure. Why not? Blonde because girl. Blonde, very blonde she girl, looks yeah. like a Jennifer if she's not. Yes, it is Jennifer. <laughs> Anyway, they're walking along, tra-la-la, hand-in-hand, and they see Jennifer's ex-boyfriend. And her ex-boyfriend is a tool, just this horrible asshole. But anyway, Ricky (laughs) kills the ex-boyfriend with a car battery lead. Oh. (laughs) It's hooked up to a battery charger, and he just electrocutes the guy's head until his eyes pop out, which is nice. But then he's like, oh, shit, this girl, this girlfriend I have, is, am I not the person she's the first person she's ever slept with? God damn it. I can't have this. So he rips the radio antenna off the car and strangles her with it. And while he's doing that, his eyes cross. And it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life because it's like one eye's crossed and then the other eye is crossed, but it kind of rolls up a little bit, like back inside of his head. So he looks like a lizard. Um, <laughs> oh, that 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 scene, it, 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 the, the second part didn't happen where he uh, he killed her with the car antenna. It reminds you of that scene in Goodfellas where where, um, where where Karen gets almost raped by her her former lover and uh. And he he like beats him in the face with the with the pistol, and he has her hide the gun. And, you know, it, that that was the scene in that movie. I I totally understand. You know, right? She okay. behind the the the, the battery uh, cable thing. You know? But then after that, it's and like that's the first time I ever had to hide a gun. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! He starts walking down the street. Ricky starts walking down the street. There's a guy taking the trash out to his curb. Oh, best thing ever about this movie. Garbage day! And he shoots the guy. Garbage day! Through the garbage can. And then he starts yelling, naughty, 
Nani and just starts nailing people with this fucking gun. It's it's like he's he's like he's a Dalek. Exterminate! Exterminate! Nani! Garbage day! Just it's so fucking great. I'm sorry, I can't even talk about it anymore. Hi, Jamie. It's your turn. Hi. Well, I mean, I pretty much agree with what you said. I mean, first half of this movie, I mean, they go through fucking every goddamn scene of the first movie. I have like, not oh, seen. I this? have not seen a series rely more upon the original movie since Back to the Future. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> now, and if if you uh, watch the the commentary they say that uh, they gave it they were given a very limited budget for the second film and what they wanted them to do was use the ent- com- completely completely clips from the entire or entirely clips from the first film like they didn't want them to film anything new they wanted them to re-edit the first film and make a second film out of it now i'm not even sure how one would go about doing that and with a straight face but um they were like, no, 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 no. I insist on doing something new. So, you know, we'll just do the first half that is completely a retelling of the first movie. And um, then we'll insert a couple of new shots of Ricky where he wasn't before with a different kid. So you can uh, pretend like he was more there than he actually was. And uh, then we'll do this second half that is completely fucking nuts. And he has what I don't understand is is. You don't even really have to do. I mean, he is just so batshit crazy. You don't really have to do anything to get on his naughty list. I mean, he's just mowing people down. Yeah. You know, oh, you had the nerve to step outside? Bam! You know, <laughs> are you alive? <laughs> Fucker! Um, but I will say that as tedious as the first half is, the second half is as glorious. Like I. I would say it's worth going through the first half, um, mm-hmm. but it's really not if you're fresh off watching the first film, because then it feels like nothing but a rehash. But if it has been a long time since you've seen the first one, then it's not so bad uh, watching the second one and just rewatching all of that. But if you like to, if you watch them all in a row, then it, it gets old really fast. But then the second part is so much fun that I, I just love the scene and well, all right, truth be told, the only part I really, really adore is the part where he's going through the neighborhood, and that's only a few minutes. I mean, it just, it doesn't, um, it doesn't encompass the entire second half of the film. It's really just, you know, okay, and then maybe it is really garbage day. It's like, that, that is just such a fantastic thing. But, um, you know, in the part where he's mowing down other people, that's it, really. That's what I, but... Somehow I'm okay with watching the whole thing just for those parts, though I don't do it very often. Um, that when I watched it for this, this is honestly the first time I've watched it in many years because what I have been doing every Christmas is just watching the first one and stopping right there. And so I was actually I, I was planning to watch the second one this year anyway because it's been a long time since I had and I wanted to. So I'm actually glad that we did. And I had forgotten exactly how much of a rehash it was. I mean, I was like, holy shit, this is the whole first movie. I mean, it's just, you know, it's shamelessly. But, you know, Ricky is so over the top, so nuts. Uh, he's got these amazing 
facial expressions and he overacts his heart out. Um, it, it's kind of hard not to enjoy the times that you're with him. Even when he's just recounting the story, talking to the psychiatrist, he's so crazy. And, uh, this actor is so like balls deep into this. <laughs> it is hard not to enjoy yourself. Cause I mean, he is way over the line here. He's just like, I'm going, I mean, he went full crazy. Yeah. It was like a twist, a twisted sister video kind of, yeah. He's that, that kind of Mark Metcalf crazy, you know? So what say you, Mr. Hill? What, what say me? Uh, me, me say, I, I like this film better than the first. It is going to sound really strange because it's more, it's more creative with the kills, which in a film you would like, you would, you'd like it, with, especially with a character as crazy as Ricky is. Uh, my favorite kill, by the way, entire film is, is ironically not the garbage day scene, but the scene where he kills the guy with the umbrella. <laughs> That's and pretty the, cool. And the umbrella is, opens cool. up and it's covered with blood. It's it's yeah, amazing. It's like, I do wait, like that. You wait for it to open, like, yep, yeah, it's it's, it's the payoff right there, you know. And, uh, but this whole film is payoff for me, except for like you know the first part where she, I, I have a theory about um, why Ricky knows everything that Billy knows. I, I, it's just, it's a weird, I'm going to call it the Tomax and Zama theory. Whereas they're not twins, but those are the, 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 the crimson twins from GI Joe. You know, I feel my brother feels that kind of deal. They're not twins in the movie. The one's obviously older than the other one, but I think that maybe like they dream mastered that shit. Like when, when Billy died, all of a sudden Ricky knows all, he knows everything and his brain couldn't handle it. So he just turned batshit crazy himself. Eh, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> um, but yeah, the film itself is, is filled with lots, lots of great kills. When you, when you look, you can look past the clip show. I, I'd almost say if you're looking for just the deaths, you know, that kind of deal, you want a really real condensed version of the first movie, you could just watch part two and, you know, roll that and almost say, I'm not saying, I'm not discounting the first film, but you can almost say if you don't have time to watch both, I'd say watch two, and then you get the but the parts of the first film that you know I think people think that are pretty great, and then you get the batshit crazy shit that happens in the second film, and that's kind of yeah, that's, that's kind of true. They're kind of smushed together. It's like a kind of like an Evil Dead two. Yeah, <laughs> in that sense. Yeah, like, oh, you, you don't know what Evil happened Dead. the first time here. I know how you feel about Evil Dead two. You know. Uh well, yeah, I, I don't feel that way about Silent Night, Deadly Night two though. I don't not. <laughs> I don't have that much extreme hatred for it, but um, okay. I do. Uh, I, I do kind of see like when you were talking about the, you know, how he knows everything. I, I mean, I guess if you think about it, Ricky could be screwed up. I mean, he he didn't see what happened to his parents. He has no reason to remember what happened to his parents. And if anyone tries to say he does, then they're full of it. But he did see his brother get mowed down right in front of him. He did see a deaf Santa Claus priest get mowed down right in front of him. Um, I guess that's something, but, uh, by his brother who was, or, uh, you know, and, and then his whole brother, when he got killed, was dressed as Santa Claus. So maybe, although if that were it, then you'd have a shit ton of other psychos too, because there were a bunch of kids outside when all that stuff was going on. Yep. So all these kids have their own little personal rampage stories going on. We just don't know about them. Those kids are never getting adopted. They're all, they're all too emotionally damaged. You got, you got Mother Superior, you got the Santa Claus getting mowed down to the front lawn and, and inside while Mother Superior's home to save the paper, you know. Oh, we did learn about Ricky being, ad which I'd forgotten to mention. We learned about Ricky being adopted um, 
By a Jewish family. By a Jewish family, so he didn't have to suffer the whole Christmas thing, except for that time when there were the Santa Clauses on the street, and he was like, Mom! Um, so, yeah, I imagine going to the mall with him around, you know, October. It's like, la, 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 la. Oh, shit! Because Macy's has started already. I wonder how he feels about the Easter Bunny. I mean, I'm just curious, you know. But yeah, the, the, the deaths are really cool in this film, and once Ricky gets on the Santa suit, I think it has one, one of the best scenes in any horror film where it's, it's, he's obviously ripping out The Shining in, in some parts of the scene where he finds out where, where Mother Superior lives, who had a stroke apparently, but that doesn't show the signs of a stroke. She has these huge burn marks or pock marks yeah, on her face. What is that about? Why is she suddenly Donald Pleasance in later <laughs> Halloween? Uh, I, I don't. I don't know where that came, where that disfigurement came from. I think oh. she got the rage virus. Oh, is that okay? See, I kept looking for that, you know, that telltale cocoa puff that would move around her face, like on uh, Donald Pleasance, where it just keeps popping up in a different location every time. Um, uh, now that just grossed me out. But uh, <laughs> I mean, we get no. Did I miss something, or we just get no story as to why she's suddenly crispy critter? She, she, they say she had a stroke. I guess that's the sign that's of having a stroke. You know? Your face melts when you have a stroke? <laughs> that's all they said, though. It's like, oh, she had a stroke, so she lives at home now. And then you get her talking on the she phone. She had a stroke and then fell into the fire is what they should have said. Or, you know. All of a sudden, she's Mrs. Deagle. And I think she was uh, <laughs> waiting for her, her chair to come up. And, you know, and the, the, this is where the scene turns into one of the best Scooby-Doo montages that ever happened, you know. All you were missing was the, the groovy music, you know, of Ricky chasing this nun who's in a wheelchair. So Ricky's obviously a pretty shitty killer around this house. And, you know, she throws herself down the stairs. Hello, stuntman. And she's able to pick herself back up again. And, uh, yeah, more Ricky chasing her around the house. Scooby-Doo music missing, of course. And, oh, God, it's, it's it's pretty grand. And, of course, Ricky gets shot in the same way that his brother got shot. But guess what? Ricky's still alive, kids, at the end of this movie. Smell a sequel? I do. You know, it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I smell a sequel, but certainly not the one we got. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I'm getting to not smell a lot like Christmas. <laughs> Smells like something else, see? It's beginning to smell a lot like bullshit. <laughs> Fishbowl on his head. <laughs> Don't give it away now. Come on now. But all in all, this is more fun to me. Awake with a terrible scream when she has the dream <laughs> that everyone around her is dead. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's very nice. That's very nice. Not yes, the voice, yeah. but I mean the the uh, the song on the spot. Not bad. It's better than mine. Come on now. <laughs> it's not as good as my potato rap, but you know. <laughs> you gotta have your standards, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, this film is more fun watch for me than than the first because of you know you get the parts of the first and you get the batshit craziness of the second half of the film. So that's gonna reflect on my score, I think, just a little bit. Um. Anything else you want to say about the film X? Uh, no, I'm ready to rate this thing and move on to the weirdness that follows, because everything kind of went straight to hell after this. <laughs> okay. Jamie? Uh, I have nothing else. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Me neither. Um, we'll go into ratings then. We'll start with Jamie. What do you rate the film? Oh, yeah, I got to knock off some points for just blatant misuse of previous film. And as much as I do like the rampage scene, I it just kind of pisses me off that you have to sit through what you have to sit through for the first half. I'm going to have to say five. Okay. Uh, X? Well, just imagine that you had to pay money at the box office to see this, and the first half of the movie is the movie that you already watched that made you yeah. want to see the sequel. So, yeah, I'm with Jamie. I'm going to give this one a straight-up five. Mm. Yeah, I had too much fun with this film to call it middle of the road, so I'm going to give it a solid six because the, the second half is just too fucking crazy for me not to say, hey, this was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was it, It's like it almost paid off for me, so it's it's a six on my, in my book. But uh, after this, we talk about uh, salad bowls and comatose people <laughs> and blind bitches who are psychic, and of course. Bill Mosley slumming it. Yeah, he's slumming it real bad in that movie. And, and Silent, David Lynch. David Lynch. In uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, better watch out right after this. They call me back no Santa. I make my runs about to break a day. They call me back. Santa, I make my runs about to break a day. Oh, oh, oh. I make all the little girls happy while the boys are out to play. Look at him. I ain't like old Saint Nick. He don't come but once a year. Oh, 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 oh. Once a year But look at him I come running with my presence Every time you call me dear Look at him I keep some change in my pocket Chase the children at home I give them a few pennies So that we can be alone I leave the back door open So if anybody smells a mouse and would no sense I'll be in trouble if ain't no chimney in the house. They call me back no Santa. I make my runs about to break a day. Look at here. I make all the little girls happy while the boys are out to play. That's what they call me, back no Santa. That's what they call me. They call me back no Santa. That's what all the girls call me. I give them all the presents. That's what they call me. They call me back no Santa. And I like them to call me that. They call me back no Santa. And I like it, I like it, I like it. Enter a world of dreams. Laura, tell me what you saw in your dream. I told you, Dr. Newberry. A world of silence. Subject may be making contact. I don't want to see the future or the past. I just want to be normal. A world of madness. No one is normal. A world that can't be ignored. 
She likes it, loves it. She can't resist it. She wants to penetrate his mind, see what he sees. He was a little boy, and then something happened, something terrible. Because when the dream is over... I don't know what's going on here, but whatever it is... The nightmare begins. The Yuletide terror returns. His brain was surgically reconstructed. You don't mind my saying I'd have pulled his plug. Even his life was a value. With the saga that shocked a nation. Robert Culp, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 3, Better Watch Out. Supported by full trade and consumer advertising. P.O.P. includes a full-size poster. Okay, so now moving on to Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, Better Watch Out. This is a 1989 direct-to-video jaunt, uh, which is a good thing, because if anyone paid money to see this in the theater, everyone would then have a Silent Night, Deadly Night, I think. Uh, This uh, was directed by Brian Yuzna, but don't hate him for that. He can't help it. (laughs) Um, His kid also shows up in it, too. But it also stars... Samantha Scully, Bill Mosley, uh, like I said earlier, he was a slum in it. Uh, Richard C. Adams, Richard Bamer, as pretty much Bill Mosley, I think is yes is the only uh, name that matters here, isn't it? Pretty much. Oh, Robert Culp. I did forget. Um, I disagree. And that's actually the second time that Robert Culp has come up tonight. That's funny. What do you disagree with? Who else do you should I? Call You're it looking to? at Richard Bamer. And Eric DeRay, who were both in Twin Peaks, and Laura Herring, who under a different name started Mulholland Drive. This is a big David Lynch kind of. It's like he watched this and went, I want to cast all these people. Wow. I don't, you know, I remember Dick about Twin Peaks because I watched it when it aired. I have not seen it since. And um, I've actually only seen Mulholland Drive once, but didn't even recognize her. Love Mulholland Drive. And Twin Peaks, but that's okay. Anyway, yeah, they were they both ended, the all three of them ended up in Lynch films. So <clears throat> I can't help but think he saw this. I was like, yeah, these are all a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Feed my fantasies, Jamie. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the um, yeah, the idea here is that uh, Ricky Caldwell, who came to be known as the Santa Claus Killer, uh. From part two, which I think is really sad because Billy was really the Santa Claus killer. Ricky was just a, you know, he was like a glom on. Um, he he just, was the St. Nicholas killer. He just, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, once he's been thought dead, well, no, he has not been killed. He's been brought back to life by a crazed scientist, which really doesn't make any sense. If you saw the very end of, of part two, uh, we already knew he was alive, so this makes no sense at all. But anyway, apparently he's been brought back with a crazy scientist and who put a fishbowl on his head and is attempting to have – or he has this – Lord, this is so weird. He's got this program where he has uh, this blind psychic chick who is connected to Ricky. He's trying to get her to communicate with Ricky. He's got this whole uh, research thing going and – I don't know, she keeps having these dreams and or like flashback dreams of what well, it's all fucked up, y'all. I mean, I can't even you know, it's just it doesn't even make any goddamn sense. I'm like, really? I mean, when I was watching this the other day, I'm like, is this I don't 
it makes no sense. Uh, but then at some point, Ricky wakes up. Like she does reach him. She connects with him. He wakes up. And then we have, you know, fishbowl head man, uh, like a rampage, which ends very weakly. I mean, the, you know, for all the hullabaloo that's going on about this dude and all the killing that's happening, the very end of this, I think, is such a whimper. It's so disappointing to me. But, uh, you know, there's that. You've got, uh, he looks like something that would have been in a live action version of Mars Attacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I have a, a visual for you guys. Because he has like, he has like blinking LED lights and that, that, that fishbowl too thing. Just picture Dynamo from, from The Running Man. And just picture Bill Mosley singing opera to you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, and then one more thing. That nurse at the desk is a total cunt. Yes. Yes, yeah, she is. God damn. <laughs> you knew, you knew was she like, was going to die that, that way then. When uh, the girl was like, bitch, I was like, right on. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, anyway, so that's uh, that's what goes on here. Um, it, y'all, seriously, if you... The only reason I can say that anyone should really watch this movie is if you, for some reason, have to watch everything Bill Mosley or any of these other people ever did. Like, if you were such a completist and such a fan of someone who's in this film, and, like, if all you Robert Culp devotees out there are just like, oh, I haven't seen this yet, I have to add it to my list, then uh, whatever. But I really don't feel like there's anything redeeming about this. I don't think it's really worth anyone's time it it feels to me and this actually is not what happened with this film i'm shocked to say but it feels to me like one of the later entries in hellraiser where they still had the name they 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 owned the ip they wanted to do something with it so they grabbed a random like a random screenplay off the shelf and said okay slap the silent night deadly night name on it and let's take it to town. You know, we'll we'll retrofit in some Ricky shit. Um, but really, it started out as a screenplay about this psychic chick talking to a comatose guy. I mean, and I would totally believe that if you told me that that's what happened. In fact, that is not what happened. <laughs> they, they had a screenplay. And then at the last minute, they trashed the screenplay they had and rewrote it to become this. So this was purposeful. And I just can't wrap my mind around that i was perfectly happy believing it was just something to hold on to the name with but uh no they did this shit on purpose um as you can tell i'm not a big fan of this one (laughs) i uh i guess it has some interesting moments but i just don't feel like it's worth the time that you have to invest in order to get those and there aren't enough of them to warrant it and uh that's me um yeah i'll shoot into this next i guess Yes, for me, uh, the, the the idea of the, the of course every blind girl has to be psychic. We learn that from the beyond, you know. And, uh, this this girl in particular, this film is, and I guess the throwback either it's either a good thing or a bad thing, just sort of throws all that late '80s, early '90s fashion in your face, which includes a lot of like long skirts and you know denim, and I think I, I forget was that her brother that's in the film? Yes. Had a great head of metal hair, which I, I could appreciate, you know. This is unbalding, you know, this, that, that I could appreciate a good head of metal hair back in the day. And, uh, but the whole idea of her being, you know, psychically linked to, to Billy takes me aghast. A, a and I mean, ghastly. I think I threw my mouth a little bit. 
back to, to Halloween five and the, the whole idea of uh, Daniel Harris uh, being um, psychically linked to Michael Myers, that kind of deal. And, and that, on- that or the new blood for the third blood. Yes. Yeah. But then again, I didn't no, I'm not, not going to go there. The end of that movie. I'm not, not going to go there at all. Just, uh, uh, my <laughs> psychic abilities can make my daddy come back to life and save me from Kane Hodder. Yay. Oh. Help me, Bernie. And not be, uh, not be, you know, rotten at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that girl better in, um, well, the, the little girl that played her better in uh, Texas Chainsaw 3, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, thank but, you. I thought I was the only other part, like the only person who noticed that that was the same girl. Because every time I bring that up to somebody, nobody has any idea what I'm talking about. But I'm like, you know, the little girl, you know, whack, whack, whack. <laughs> um. Yeah, this film is weak though. It's it's fucking weak sauce all over the place. Well, once you get to the killing and how ridiculous Bill Mosley looks, it's just too late. He's just following her around like like a killer puppy or something, just killing people. She he kills the mother or the grandmother. He gives a fuck what she is. He kills her just to say, okay, now it becomes it becomes a home invasion film. Mm-hmm. Look, I got daddy's shotgun. I hope it still works. Wink, wink, and then. Guess what? I'll give away the end. Bill Bill Mosley gets shot in the in in in, in the chest uh, in in a basement, and uh, and of course she she turns out she breaks the light because yeah, now we're even. Why would you be? You know, I guess yeah, he, he would be able to see, but there's there's a light coming from the top of the stairs. This movie's all kinds of stupid, and uh, <laughs> I, I I can't help it, and uh, I ain't got a whole lot to say about it actually because there's not a whole lot going on here. They have an evil doctor plot that goes nowhere. Why would he want this girl being psychically linked to, to, to Ricky? I guess just to wake him up, I guess. And then what's going to happen next? Where, where was your, what's your play next? You could use him for world domination or some shit like that. You don't know. Uh, it's just all kinds of stupid. And it's just related by that one thread that, that Bill Mosley is Ricky and they're trying to wake him up, I guess, to, to kill again or something, you know. Missy, wouldn't you believe that it was just a uh, like a repurposed screenplay? I mean, oh, I agree. Yes, uh, that's exactly what I thought it was. And it happens I was, all the time, though. You know, it does, and so that's why I believed that's what it was, and I was content with that belief until I fucking looked it up, and I was like, "You're shitting me! They did this on purpose, <laughs> <laughs> dumbasses." So I'm gonna kick it to to X. Uh, what do you think, my friend? I watched this one twice. What the <laughs> hell for? <laughs> I really kind of dig this one. <laughs> I actually like this movie a lot. I think it 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 goes off the rails real far and turns it into some kind of science fiction nightmare film, which is good because you can only go so far with the whole Santa thing. So I think the direction that it went was really interesting and kind of brave in a weird kind of, you know, not brave at all way. So... <laughs> I I don't know. I really had I had a good time with it. I dug it. I liked the whole um, Bill Mosley with his brain inside of a sealed dome over his head thing. I liked seeing all the David Lynch people in there, especially Eric DeRay, man. That guy has the hairiest chest in the history of ever. He's just a fucking metal monster in this movie. Yeah. I almost said daddy. I don't know where that came from. Brian, when the scene where he's getting in the tub, Brian goes, that is a hairy dude. It is a hairy dude. 
It's just like, damn, Leo, what did you do, man? Um, Robert Culp talking brainlessly about fucking cell phones and how he's trying to get $100 off of his bill. There's just all kinds of weird shit in this movie. I think it's really funny and just off the wall. I really like this one. This is one of my favorites of the series. Wow. Well, you know what? Good. I'm glad that somebody out there gets it. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's me. It ain't for me. But, uh, you know, someone should enjoy it. So there you go. Yeah, I really dig it. I think Gary is stunned. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've I've knocked him into unconsciousness. Yeah, you broke me, dude. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I do love when he shows up at the grandmother's house and she puts the hat on him like, to so cover the fish. So fucking bowl. funny. <laughs> That's so fucking great. <laughs> it's like he might get he, so he might he might get cold and put the, put that hat on him. You know. You don't want your brain getting cold. <laughs> And do you, do you see? Do you see brain, or does he just have like this this electrodes on his head? I, I, oh no, I, there's I, total brain. There's brain inside of that primordial total, ooze. Total brain yeah. inside and of the side of the salad spinner that's stuck on his head. <laughs> I, I had missed that. I mean, you guys mentioned his brain hanging. I I, I missed that totally. <laughs> oh yeah, he could. I was just so I was just so enthralled in boredom that I was just, I was I was, I was looking for that. Oh, there's full cerebrum nudity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, anything else you like about the film next? You're, you're the, the biggest heralder of this film so far. Apparently so, yeah. I don't know. I really like the uh, interplay between Bamer and Culp while they're taking that amazingly long drive out to Lake Piru. And also, let's notice this. Lake Piru, of course, is in Los Angeles County. The first two movies took place in Utah. So I don't know why the fuck Ricky's in L.A. all of a sudden, but it's okay. I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I think that maybe if this were a different film, I could, and they didn't try to shoehorn in the whole Ricky connection, I think I could look at it differently. It's the uh, sender, what, isn't it? What what but hmm? This movie is the sender. Just sender. the sender. Never mind. I just made a really obscure reference. I'll be quiet now and just go back to work. No, no, never be quiet. I love your references. But um, <laughs> uh, the what the hell was I saying? Oh yeah. Um, if, if this was if this had not attempted to make any ties to Silent Night Deadly Night, I probably would think completely differently of it. But what just irritates me here is that, you know, this has nothing to do with Christmas. It has nothing to do with anything. I, it really has nothing to do with Ricky. I mean, that is so tacked on that it's ridiculous. And so it's not, you know, what I'm settling into. It's like if I were if I were going to sit down and watch, I don't know, say, the ninth Friday the 13th film and say suddenly it wasn't Jason, but it was some other guy. And there was like a creature that crawled inside. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> that, did happen. that did happen and i hate that movie too except i see but i really liked it when it was called the hidden so that's why i think if they had made this movie and called it something else i might be okay with it i like the fact that it's directed by monty hellman who was one of tarantino's favorite directors and it's the same guy who directed china nine liberty seven that is just crazy to me that he was like oh Silent Night, Deadly Night 3? Yeah, man, I can totally make my... Put a stamp on that. I can mark that with my own fucking uh, visual acuity. 
no, you can't, dude. There's no, you, you, it's the third part. No, you're done. <laughs> yeah. I, I, by the way, I think the Ricky Connection would have been a much better, better, better surname for this film. So that the night three, the Ricky Connection, because they're connected by brain. Wink, Someday wink, wink. They will find it. The Ricky Connection. Don't ruin that song, dude. But don't kill it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't ruin Paul Williams for me or the Muppets, because, you know, with this piece of crap. All right. Although, although I will say every holiday special should end with the very closing scene of this film of Bill Mosley with the salad bowl on his head <laughs> in the tuxedo saying, and to all Hell, a good night. A happy new year to you. Yeah, it should it should be that for every holiday special known to man. <laughs> I agree. So if there's anything I took from this film, it's Are you film- talking about the cinder with uh <laughs> sorry, I just I've been sitting here thinking trying to wreck my brain. Are you talking about the cinder with uh with uh, uh what the fuck is her name? Shvelko Ivanik. Shirley Knight? Was she in that? Oh, well, she's in. It was. I think it was Kathleen Lloyd and Shvelko Ivanek. I know it was Shvelko yes, Ivanek. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, where he's in the hospital. I yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank God, I get it. I get it. <laughs> See, you threw the pass, and she I caught hate it. You when I words? don't get references. Dude, I, do too. I didn't mean to go that obscure. I'm sorry. I no, love that no, movie. It's fine. It's I fine. love as long that as movie. I get it, I'm happy as long as I get it. It's okay. Everything is okay. It's, it's the longest Hail Mary ever, but she caught it, my friend. I knew she would. I knew she would. It's kind of like in Wildcats, where we're... Somebody, <laughs> Shit! Somebody threw the ball to Woody Harrelson, but it's clearly a black guy who catches it, you know? <laughs> oh, I, I made a Wildcats oh. reference. I apologize for that, you know, but... Senders like a movie, write your own ending. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I don't have much else to say about this film except that the dream sequence is really obscure if you like that kind of thing. And like I said, Bill Mosley in a tuxedo is gold. You don't see that too often. So, And Eric Duray rocking the steel panther hair. That's yes, he amazing. is. I love, that. I love the metal hair. But um, yeah, not much else to say for me from this one. Anything else say you guys, Jamie? Uh, I think I said my piece. Okay. Well, let's move into ratings then. Uh, Jamie, what's your rating for part three? Mm. I actually like. <laughs> that was so disappointing. I like. <laughs> I, you know, I think uh, I'm going to give a three to part three because I, I really oh. just don't. I don't. I'm sorry. It do, but you know, if it makes you feel any better, it gets worse from here. I mean, it does. Well, it does. There yeah. Is, there is worse. You know what? There is worse. So I'm going to say four. <laughs> I will give this a four. X. I'm going to give this a six. Mm. I really, I really I had a good. Expected you to go higher. No, I'm going to give it a six. I really had a good time with this movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, me, I'm with Jamie's original score. I'm going to give it a three. I just didn't enjoy myself all that all that much with it. You know, it's just it's just kind of there. All with you people. Bleh. <laughs> Oh, it's like God. somebody just gave Gary a bad icy. Yeah. Like, no, that's that's my grandmother's greasy spaghetti, man. That's all that is, you know. <laughs> that 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 acid <laughs> reflux. Oh, shit. Icy right now. <laughs> oh my God. Nobody up here has ICs. I want a surge icy from Burger King right now. That's <laughs> they have surge ICs there, dude. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm t- I'm so jelly right now. 
I want to stay up all night and just enjoy uh, Surge Jellies, you know, Surge, mm. Surge uh, Slurpees. Lovely, lovely, lovely. But uh, with that, talking about Surge, old school beverage. I miss Joe Cola so much, by the way. I do too, dude. You, can, you used to be able to get it at Walgreens up here, and they had like four or five different kinds. It wasn't the same. It really wasn't, because I used to drink Jolt all the fucking time. It was not the same. I want my old Jolt back. <laughs> but uh, with that, we'll, we'll move on to uh, a film. Well, one of these are not like the others. Uh, in Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 4, The Initiation, right after this. Questions Get away from me! Leave me alone! Are better left unanswered. What happened? Are you alright? Ah! Ah! 
jumped. She was my daughter. But now you'll come to take her place. Make your fear real. Get it out. It's the night you've been waiting for. Kill the man. Become a whole woman. The night you've been screaming for. It's the final step. Silent Night, Deadly Night, for Emaciation. You're one of us now. Join the club. Silent Night, Deadly Night, for Initiation. Plot synopsis of this, which has nothing to do with the original series. Uh, a reporter investigating the bizarre death of a woman who leaped from a building in flames finds herself mixed up in a cult of witches who are making her part of their sacrificial ceremony during the Christmas season. I guess that's the only tie that's during the Christmas season. Oh, I shy. didn't even pick up on that. I don't even know. It says it on the, the, the IND well, plot synopsis. Clint Howard, when you first see him, has a wreath hanging off his homeless man's cart. <laughs> yeah. He does. Yeah, and yeah. And, of course, Clint Howard's name in the movie is Ricky. I don't know if that's an, if that's supposed to be the same Ricky because bullshit if it is, but uh, or if they're just throwing that in there as a nod to the series. It's the only the case, nod to the series. I think it would have been better to use Billy if that were the case. But, right, uh, I agree. That and him, uh, him getting really excited to watch part three while they're having sex, you know, right. on the bed. Yeah. Yeah. See everyone, Silent Night, Deadly Night. See that? See that? Yeah, that's this yeah, is see? a sequel. We're connected. Yeah. Ah. Ah. Oh, but this film, just like it says, she's a re- she's a she's not even a reporter. She she she's kind of like a, a a gopher at a, at a newspaper run she by Reggie. A calendar, Bans- say. Yeah. yeah. Calendar. Yeah. <laughs> run by Reggie Bannister of all people. <laughs> who, who, uh, I'm so disappointed he's in this movie. <laughs> that 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 paycheck movie, indeed. Yes. And uh, she decides to play Nancy Drew and, and rub her nose in this this burning case of this woman who who got burnt up, you know, while falling off of a building or being thrown off a building or whatever happens at the top of that building. And she gets mixed up into all kinds of shit. She starts to have weird visions of bugs and stuff like that and Clint Howard becomes a recurring character in her life, like fucking if he's like on some kind of weird sitcom or something and Really who doesn't want Clint Howard as a recurring character? <laughs> that's true that is true i love how they label this woman's death as suicide because you know how I, you know how it's so common for people to set their legs on fire and then jump off a building right because they she, figure she, one or the other of these is gonna get me she let she let she let her legs on fire and uh she let them burn for quite some time and then she threw herself off of this building apparently her legs were made of paper mache because when she's on the ground <laughs> They're burnt completely through to a crisp. Like you can see, they're hollow, and they're burnt and they're paper. So I'm like, what the fuck? It, her, her head should have been destroyed. And, I, I and there is no, she has no marks on the upper portion portion of her body. Not even her clothes aren't even singed from being engulfed in flames. It's well, just the learn, bottom part of her from, body. If you learn from later scenes, the burning starts with the feet, and your fingers get all spaghetti-like. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, but yeah, she, she and bugs. Yeah, bugs. And bugs. Bugs, 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 bugs. I was talking. I'm gonna find this conversation real fast. But I was talking to X while we were watching this movie. <laughs> we were having a whole conversation of comments back and forth. 
which I didn't think deserved to be shared. And, you know, I'm going to throw it out there because there were a lot of analogies in there. Whereas I thought this is like a reverse Rosemary's baby. And I was waiting for her to get raped by a giant praying mantis. So she can get her, 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 her womanhood on or because this movie's all about <laughs> down with men, the long live the new flesh of, of these new, of the fire of Osiris. I almost said, did they say, I, I thought they said freaking Isis at first. I was going to say, like, Oh, mighty of, Isis. <laughs> that's the only Isis I know, that almighty Isis, man, you know, and not in a religious sense. I hear you. Well, I'm not getting a religious experience, but that, that's, that's another story altogether, you know. <laughs> she was not bad looking, the almighty Isis, you know. Um, I, I said that um, Rob Zombie must have been watching this when he made Lords of Salem because a lot of these tropes in this film were pretty apparent in, in Lords of Salem, you know, with the whole idea of the, the coven, the, what he took from, from freaking Rosemary's Baby. So it, it's like a big mixture of things, big mixture of weirdness. And I'm giving this film way too much credit, I'm sure. And uh, I know your wife watched this movie, and I, I, I'm, I'm calling you out, Sin Fallon. I think you need to watch this film as well because I really want to know your opinion about this <laughs> movie, you know. I really love Sin Fallon. She knows this, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't steer her in the wrong direction. But this is kind of like the middle of the road direction. But I, I love to hear her opinion about what happens. No, this if, is the if, wrong direction. This is this is sending <laughs> this is her sending the wrong way down a one way street. Uh, and, and I just I get so irritated with this whole like down with men mentality anyway. That it just like watching these women just makes me want to just poke things into their eyes because <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, you're everything that's wrong with feminism right now or back then even. I mean, it's just you know, why do you have to drag men down in order to bring yourself up? Fucking stop it! Come on, it's like women's liberty ever happened. Come on, Jane, what are you doing? <laughs> I just you know I don't know. I don't. I love men. I think men are great, <laughs> and these women piss me off. Well, would you let a, a very Renfield-esque uh, Clint Howard uh, break a bug open and put that bukkake all over your if face? He, only if he was wearing that, like, dildo mask thing oh. <laughs> that looks that. like it was like a reject from Eyes Wide Shut. I, I don't know. Only I don't know. then. Man, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, only then. That's it. That's it. Then we could talk. I don't know what's more weird, this or what we get in the next film involving a eunuch, you know, but uh, we'll get into that at the, in the next oh, segment. But uh, uh, and we were watching the film and I, I said, you said, yes, yeah, it has to see this. And the X goes, we'll tell her it's called the tampon and the rainbow. <laughs> and then I say, are the vaginal. <laughs> yes. I said, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> And, and then I say, are there vaginal parasites? Please tell me there are vaginal parasites. And then X says, either that or she has a labia long enough for Pitbull Harry to swing on. <laughs> that, that's about the extent of our conversation about this film, but it, it was it was pretty spectacular conversation. I thought it deserved to be shared, and then it's a, it was pretty hilarious. And this film... God, it's, it's, it's one of the most unique films I've ever seen. That doesn't make it a good film... But it, it did something different, and I got to respect Yesner for that. You know, much like, you know, society before, before it, you know, it was, it was something different, you know. And I um, I can really appreciate a film as, as mediocre as this is, because it's not a very good movie, but it's different, and I, I, can, I, can, I can appreciate it for that. 
uh, roll on crew. Uh, X, what do you say, man? <laughs> um, this movie does not belong in this series at all. No, it doesn't. I don't understand why it's here. I don't know what Brian Yesno was thinking. I think it's interesting to watch kind of Maud Adams' career. She has like a three-point career. She was Bond Girl and what, Octopussy? Mm-hmm. Octopussy to Tattoo with Bruce Dern to Silent Night, Deadly Night for Initiation. Just this kind of slow, sad decline into what-the-fuckery. So that that's really sad for me. Um, this movie is parts a- that feel really Christmassy to me, or when they're sitting in the park drinking wine, talking about you know how much men suck. That that to me just screams the holiday season. Man, and what am I supposed to do with this? Because you know what, I consider myself a feminist. I love women. I think women are equal to men. I've never had a problem with that. And a movie like this, which is supposed to be about reaching your feminine potential through the use of witchcraft. You know, I have the fire of Osiris. Well, good, because you know what? The fire of Osiris shouldn't compel you to take a teenage boy and sacrifice him. No, it shouldn't. And you know, when she asks if Hank is still, you know, if Hank died or whatever, they're like, oh, he's just a man. You know, right. He's uh, just, you know, is there not a yin yang here? Is that a balance that we can come to? Isn't that what feminism is about? Is yes, equality? that's what it should be about. It should be about, you know, equality, not, you know, fuck men so we can climb up. That's not then. How are we any better than, you know, what we're complaining about? Right. You know, it's just it's bullshit. And I, I mean, hate that mentality. I do, too. And I don't mean to use my relationship right now as an example. But, you know, Cody went out today and did all the grocery shopping for the week. And she went Yule shopping with our stepdaughter, my stepdaughter, her daughter. And while she was gone, I fucking you know, did the dishes. I worked around the house. I got stuff done because it's supposed to be equal. There's supposed to be uh, there's a 50-50 here, you know. Mm-hmm. So watching a movie like this where, oh, we're all feminists, look, we have vaginas, and they're so much better than penises, and I used to be on Moonlighting, and now I'm in this movie. What the fuck <laughs> happened? I am so confused about everything. Alice Beasley. Poor oh, Alice Beasley. see, and I love Alice Beasley. <laughs> it was just like, why are you here? Why didn't you run? Why didn't you go to... I don't know, Curtis Harrington's house and you and Booger <laughs> could have just hung out and waited until this whole thing was over. Um, yeah, even as a feminist horror movie, this thing completely fails. And uh, I don't know who was, I don't know who decided, you know what, let's just go ahead and give Yezen on this franchise and be done with it. Cause it was a horrible idea. This movie sucks so hard. And I can't find anything positive to say about it. Not even, not even the fact that Clint Howard is in it can save it for me. I just don't. I just, on a very basic emotional and rational, shit, political level, I cannot get behind this movie. Apparently, most people seem to agree with that because its estimated budget was two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and the gross was one thirty five. 
913. So <laughs> it uh, super underperformed. <laughs> I mean, bad. That's because there are people walking around going, what is this? Is this our relationship? I don't understand what's going on here. And the fact that she had to fuck the guy to even get away from the calendar and the obituary section before Reggie Bannister, of all people, was like, yeah, okay, write the story. Why is Reggie in this? I feel yeah, like that, I feel yeah. like so many favors... <laughs> excuse me. So many favors were called in to get this movie done that it all feels like... Uh, I don't, like like uh, like like Preachy's honor. I don't know. Just horrible. Just made my stomach knot up. Jamie, uh, I feel like I already talked about it. Did I? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think Jamie and I have cut this fucker to shreds. <laughs> I uh, the first time I'm okay. No, no. When I went to watch the movie for this, I didn't think I had seen it before, and I was like, okay, I've never seen this one, and I've never seen the fifth one. So here we go. And, um, so I sat down to watch it and I'm like, why is this so familiar? Yeah. I just, and then it hit, it dawns on me, son of a bitch. I have watched this before and I hated it. And I was like, and I swore I would never do it again. And here I am. God damn it. Um, I don't know how I ended up watching it before unless it was just randomly on, uh, maybe I caught it on you know, randomly on Netflix or maybe it was on TV. I really don't know when or how I watched this movie, but it wasn't that long ago. I would say it was within the last couple of years. And, um, and so I'm like, Oh man, this is so awful. Why am I? And I usually love Clint Howard. I do like just him showing up as just, you know, like the black sheep of that family. Um, it's just, you know, can you imagine like the holidays at the Howard home? Um, when you've got Ron <laughs> and then Clint, <laughs> Uh, that's just, that has to be. Uh, and wow. Ron's like, thank for the boat. And Clint is like, socks? I got fucking socks. <laughs> hey, it's, it's like Eric Roberts and Julia Roberts. One works a lot more than the other one does. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That's yeah. Eric works more than Julia. And we know this. That's true. That's true. He works a shit ton. And Clint um, works more than Ron does. Technically. I actually, I, I actually prefer Eric over Julia. So. I do too. Um, God, but, her you know, terrifying so, goddamn Clint, Fright Night mouth. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Clint was so cute when he was little, eating that peanut butter and jelly sandwich on Ooh, the Andy Griffith show. A gentle Ben. Um, he's just, he was a precious child. Yes. And then, I, he never grew into his head, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Clint Howard in anything can make me smile. I love Ice Cream Man. Um, I even... Uh, I, I Say I, it. No. <laughs> Say it. The man has two starring vehicles. Say the other one. Come on now. Actually, where I was going with that was um, was House of the Dead. I knew it. See? Um, are you serious? <laughs> yes, that's what I was thinking. As I was like, oh, "Say it, man. House of the Dead." No, I fucking hate that movie. I really do. But let's have a rave and eight people show up. Clint Howard, right? Clint Howard dressed as the Gorton's Fisherman is just, it's so fun for like the, the minute that he's in that movie. Um, <laughs> his hair and, and the wraith, which I love. Oh my God, I love the wraith. <laughs> he kind of 
kind of looks like a racer head. <laughs> when I found out that the, the car from the race was a real car, my nipples got hard just a little bit, you know. It just, oh, my God. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen that movie. A lot. <laughs> a fucking lot. A, a lot. It, I, it, was, it wasn't cosmic, but it was a real car given in by a car company. It was a prototype, so. <laughs> um, Trivia, folks, see? Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Other films. But even Clint Howard can't save this for me. Even... Clint Howard sitting on the edge of someone's bed while they're having sex can't save this for me. And you know, who would think that wouldn't save any? I mean, that is, come on. <laughs> Just turned on the TV. <laughs> I just, this movie is so bad. Please, please. I, Gary, I, I love you so much, and I'm glad that you enjoy it. I just don't really get it. I don't get I, I, I don't I'm, I'm not praising it. it to no end. I'm not saying that this is the I know best you're not. I, and you know, I know that. And it's totally okay. Everyone likes what they like. You it's, know, just, it's just different. And I can appreciate that. <laughs> you know? It's different, all right. Because <laughs> there's a lot of the same stuff coming out, especially the, this time, you know, the VHS crate. <laughs> a lot of the same stuff. And this is just something I watched. This is the first time I ever watched it. So I can't say I watched it in the moment. You know, but <gasps> I, I think it's just so different than from what stuff that was coming out right around then. In I guess. Well, forever and ever from this point on, it will now be known to me as Tampon in the Rainbow because <laughs> that is the best thing ever. I love it. I'm going to – I was going to say I was going to make the box cover, but I don't fucking own this movie, and I'm not going to buy it just so I can do that. So. <laughs> I know what to get you next Christmas. <laughs> I'll make a meme. <laughs> oh my god! But anyway, yeah, I I don't like it. Oh yeah, I I, I don't know why I defended this, but I defend a lot of dumb films in my time, and I'm gonna continue defending dumb films. And this one was was pretty stupid, but and I, I for some reason I love the Asian couple who's in on the whole thing. They're just like weird side characters. You mutate now. Go away. You initiated. Go away now. (laughs) Which, what? It kind of reminds me of that shop from uh, Dead Heat. You know, where all the the animals come back. You cut the side of it that comes back to life and starts chasing them around. And all the ducks that come back. I keep expecting that to happen when we're in that shop. Is that some uh, mystical stuff going on that 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 uh, delicacy uh, there? Whatever it's going on. Hey, it is in L.A., and uh, there is some mystical stuff. So maybe it is the same shop. Who the fuck knows? But a, a Joe Piscopo this film does not have. <laughs> no, I no. only do eyes. I just do eyes. <laughs> no, Nora, Nora Treat Williams. Oh, I, I have a friend who says it all the time. You know, he's good. He's no Treat Williams. You know. Well, of time, course. I mean, that's you know. Every time it, it could be anybody though. She just says it. I'm like, okay, you just you just saying stuff. Can't down. make fun of Trent Williams. He's got a thing about eggs. We're <laughs> just saying words. Just saying could words. Be, he could just as easily say Lorenzo Lamas. Oh. <laughs> I watched a lot of Renegade back in the day. Let me tell you. Uh, we, we should do the Snake Eater trilogy oh, as soon good. as that's possible. If I had to pick another retrospective, and I'm not bigger retrospective, so you can big old mashup show here. Uh, I did the Snake Eater trilogy. Fuck yeah! All right, we'll we'll figure out a way to do that. Okay. <laughs> but um, uh, I need to ask you know what any final things you want to say about this film because you guys said said a lot already. So we'll go straight into ratings. Jamie, what is your rating for this film? This oh shit. 
I will say this is this to me is the lowest point of the low for the series. I I will say I don't think it goes any lower than this because I think I feel like the next one actually dips back up just a little. Um, so uh, I'm going to say for this film, I'll give it a two. And all two of those points go to Clint Howard sitting on the edge of the bed watching somebody have sex while he's while he's watching the last movie on TV. X, I am solid with Jamie D. That is a two. I don't even have to explain it because she just did. That is a solid two out of ten. Well, much like uh, my review with Bo and, and Douglas Doug Tilly about um, Nightmare Sisters. You guys may feel a little, maybe feel a little lower, but not in a bad way. So I, I, I respect you guys enough for me to say, okay, you can still like this movie, but not, not be chuffing about it. But you guys even feel like that, that any any Lennox and Aretha Franklin song never happened. You know, the sisters are doing it for themselves. But um, I'm going to give it a four, just, just not just to double your scores, but just for the fact that I liked it because it was something different. I liked it, not that I liked the film in particular. It was just something I, I could say, hey, I watched that. And never go back to it ever again. Do you remember that movie, The Initiation, with Daphne Zuniga, where she was in the shopping mall? Yes. yes. Just watch I would that. have been much happier if this had been a in-name-only sequel to that. That would have made sense. Throw it into that franchise, not into this one. I, you know what? I can, I can go along with that, because at least then it would have had Initiation in the title. Boom. <laughs> Boom. All right, yeah, with that, we'll move on to Mickey Rooney and some killer toys. Christ almighty. Yes, the next film right after this.
Welcome to the shop of Joe Petto. Here, you'll find the most amazing gadgets on Earth. Each toy is unique. What a terrible accident. Sarah, you think this is an accident? Look. Each specially designed by the craftsman himself. Buck, where did, where did all these toys come from? Where? Sarah, what do you know about that old guy from the toy store? I wonder if I told you he was arrested for maiming some kids several years ago. What reason could he have to hurt innocent children? Joe Petto always wanted a real boy. Where's Sarah? He took him. Who took him? Where? Who? The man from the toy store. But he'll have to make what he can get. All you need is a little of that and a little of that and a, a little of that. From the producer of Bride of Reanimator. I want my boy. What are you done with him? I'm your son now. Not with special effects by Screaming Mad George Inc. of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 comes the most incredible night yet. Mickey Rooney stars in Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toymaker. Merry Christmas! Uh, welcome back, folks. This is the next film in our, our docket, I guess, being Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 5, The Toymaker. Uh, plot synopsis is this. A young boy sees his father killed by a toy who was anonymously delivered to his house. After that, he is too traumatized to speak, and his mother must deal with both him and the loss of her husband. It's a long synopsis. Meanwhile, I've been in the last one, though. Meanwhile, a toy maker named Joe Petto. Joe, if you get that, Joe Petto. I think it made X sick a little bit. <laughs> Builds some suspicious-looking toys, and a mysterious man creeps around both the toy store and the boy's house. But who is responsible for the killer toys? Uh, this film features Mickey Rooney <laughs> in, in a uh, in a pretty pretty big role as this character Joe Petto. And he's your your only really big star of the film. But we've seen other people in this film before. I recognize the boy Derek from a couple of Full Moon joints. I think he was in Demonic Toys. If you remember that film, see he's got the toy connection. See, someday we'll find it. Yes, Clint Howard has a cameo. He, he's back. His name is Ricky. Again. As Ricky. Yeah. As Ricky. <laughs> it's the man because, behind the mask. Because now Ricky is a mall Santa. Because that makes sense. <laughs> one of the big, one of the, one of the big faces uh, I recognized that we all recognized was uh, the, the uh, one of the older oldest kids in, in Pumpkinhead. Uh, I forget his name in the film. I think it was like Bunker, Bunter, some shit like that. He's the one that takes Ed Harley to the witch's house. Hey, Mr. Harley. Heard yes. you talking to my grandpa. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> and I couldn't watch this movie without every time he popped on screen, that line just popped in my head. Like, that's all he says. As far as I know, that's all he says in this movie, because that's all I heard him saying. He plays Petey. Hey, Mr. Harley. Heard you talking to my grandpa. <laughs> He plays Pedo, who's uh, Joe Petto's supposed son. We'll get into that later. Pedo? Pino, Pino, Pedo. <laughs> Pino, Pito. Yeah, I thought, I was like, wow, it's funny, because if you don't look at the spelling of Petto, if you just say it, it's very funny to me that a toy store owner's last name is Petto. And his, and his <laughs> name is Pedo. <laughs> oh, my God. I gotta stop. I gotta mute myself. I'm gonna puke. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this anyway, film... that's why that was. Oh, that's why it's funny. This movie is why it's funny that Mickey Rooney 
wrote that nasty letter about Silent Hill. I mean, Silent Hill. Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> I'll, write some, I'll write some bad letters about Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah, he also Hill. hates video games. God damn it, he's a real curmudgeon. What's that bullshit um, ending with Sean Bean? <laughs> oh, that's that, that's 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 Ernest Borgnine on, on uh, basketball. You know, those kids with their hula hoop, Zimas, Dan Fogelberg <laughs> records, and Pac-Man video games. <laughs> Oh my god! So but yeah, this film starts off pretty you. awesome. Uh, the uh, a, a toy gets delivered to the house by a mysterious whatever. It's just laying on the porch. It says, "Don't open till Christmas," but the boy opens it before Christmas. And the stepfather, after having a rousing sex session with his mom or his father, or whatever he is to her, and, uh, picks it up. And then, of course, it starts to go off like one of those Jack in the Box deals. And Santa's face is really happy, and Santa's face turns evil. It has electric sparks coming out of its mouth and grows like elastic arms. And I guess he chokes the father or try. It well, doesn't, doesn't really I do mean, anything. No, he doesn't really. The, the toy doesn't <laughs> even kill him. It just causes him to eventually fall onto a fireplace poker, which then kills him. So I'm like, ooh, slightly annoying, dangerous toy. You know. <laughs> It's a pretty like, awesome. Oh, that's so scary. It is a pretty awesome kill, though. I gotta say, or, or, or accidental death. I'm sorry. He it wants to be the very best, the best <laughs> that ever was. Because really, that is Santa in a Pokeball. Time. That's really all it is. <laughs> it's very fun if every time, if every time the little Santa face turns his face to evil, if you go. <laughs> Um, it, does, it does heighten the experience. I, I did then, notice that. Why would you keep that? I'm just throwing it out there. You, yeah, that right. Thing. You I'm don't know. Put this on my shelf. You don't know if this is the thing or if it was even a thing. But this is connected to your father's death, or your <laughs> supposed father. That's the lifetime version of this movie. You know, his death, and uh, just put it on the shelf with the rest of the toys. You nailed it. This is a lifetime movie. He'll never, he'll never think about that ever. That this this ball was connected to his father's death. I've been no. traumatized into speechlessness by the murder of my father, but I'd like to keep this shit on my shelf as a reminder to keep me speechlessness. <laughs> yeah, and I love it when they go to the toy store, and he's and the toy maker knows all about you know her husband getting killed. <laughs> Coming up next, losing Isaiah. Excuse me. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, it was. I'm sure it was. He's like, oh, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about your husband. I'm so sorry to hear that. And she's like, oh, well, he's having a bad day. And he looks at the little boy and he goes, what's the matter? (laughs) You just told her what's the matter. My dad's dead. You know that. Why would you take the kid to get a toy? A toy killed his dad. That's like saying, ah, let's go to the gun show. (laughs) My favorite. your dad got shot in the head. Let's go up here to the goddamn. Flea market and see if we can't find a Glock for cheap. What, what I, I love how a toy is supposed to make it all better. Anyway, oh, your dad's dead. We'll get you a transformer. That'll help. I'll say it depends on the toy, actually. You know, because it's a pretty awesome toy. I might, I might shy away a little bit too. You just get, well, just that's just the, that Jab of the Hut playset from Part Two might be a little okay. I might be all right with that. I'd start like, you know, talking. Five-year-old me would be like, you know what, that Bigfoot Power Wheels would be pretty awesome. I mean, forget a couple things, like, you know, you and Dad plowing nightly. Because if there's anything about this kid this movie, he's a little too comfortable or a little too used to people having sex in the house constantly. Because he's what? looking through the keyhole at them? Yeah. 
Well, if there's he, anything about this kid, it, it's going to be that he will never have sex in his life because he just witnessed <laughs> his father plowing his mom and then getting murdered. And then his babysitter getting nailed by her boyfriend and him getting murdered. This kid the, is never going to touch a girl. Wasn't the door wide open when the parents were doing it, though? Yeah, he just walked by and looked in. He wasn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But he did stand there a really long time. He did. <laughs> it's like, what was that like, huh? It's, it's like fun. I'm going to wait till this shit's over. <laughs> this shit's better than Cinemax right here, man, you know. This is the Red Shoe Diaries in my own house. <laughs> that showtime, dude, that showtime, that's all I'm saying, you know. You got to know your softcore porn channels, you know. That's right. David Delman Duk- King. David Duchovny narrating. Which now, it's so believable now. It is. And being a sex maniac and all. Oh, my God. Yeah, but th- th- this kid was just devo- devoid of everything. and I, Emotion. I yes, of emotion as well. It, 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 even in the demonic toys film, he's devoid of emotion. And that's, that's a Devil Bill movie you guys should cover at one point in time, X, because it's so fucking weird. What, demonic toys? Yes, indeed. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the mother's kind of useless because she's kind of like, oh, I lost my husband. What do I do now? And then you got this giant red herring, which you find out later, spoilers, that that's the boy's real father. Yep. Stalking around, getting toys from Joe Petto. You think hey, he's the guy Joe doing Petto, it? Joe get... Sorry, I just went to belly. Oh. I don't even know what the hell my problem is. <laughs> you think he's doing it, but you find out somebody else is doing it, and, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't want to give everything away, but... I really enjoy the, the toy kills in this film, and I really don't get the mechanics of it until you get the final the final reveal, I guess, of who could possibly be building these toys, which I think is fabulous, you know? But I'm going to ask Jamie to talk about it now. What do you think about it, Jamie? I actually think this is, like I said, I think it's better than the last one. I, I <sighs> still feel like it has nothing at all to do with anything um, that's even remotely related to Silent Night, Deadly Night, except that this one is around Christmas time. There is a Santa. There are actually several Santas in it, uh, but uh, and one of them is named Ricky. But seriously, it has nothing to do with Silent Night, Deadly Night. But at least it is Christmassy, and you know you don't have a bunch of angry feminists <laughs> doing rituals. I mean, with giant worm-like creatures. So there's that. Um, to me, like the, one of the best things about this film, and uh, Brian actually pointed this out, was the reanimator T-shirt that the kid is wearing in line to see Santa Claus. That's a nice little Yuzna plug, and and um, yeah, to a much a much better film. Um, and then also, if you pay attention to the little girl on Santa's lap, uh, she says what she wants for Christmas is a, I want a VCR and then a tape of Bride of the Reanimator, <laughs> which. It's pretty awesome, but uh, she's gonna be disappointed. Yeah, well, for sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, and what an interesting choice. Uh, but uh, I thought that was kind of funny. But anyway, like I said, I do think this one is uh, you. You get these really nonsensical nods to the last film because you have some some actor rollover. So you've got Neith Hunter, um, who played. Yep. Kim in the last film is now also named Kim in this film. Only in this film, she looks like Molly Ringwald circa Breakfast Club. Um, <laughs> More like fresh horses. Let me say fresh horses. Particularly in the scene where they're in the hospital room and she's 
um, kind of standing, or is it his bedroom? I don't fucking anyway. She's standing by a bed, and she looks exactly like Molly Ringwald in that shot. But um, anyway, she makes a she makes a statement like, "Oh, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff that's happened to me. I I wouldn't believe it myself, you know." And like, okay, we get it, you know, <laughs> you know, you. Uh, you had some really weird shit go on, but that's as far as they're going to go. They're not going to try to tie the two movies together. They're just sort of hinting at shit, um, which is kind of funny for people who give a damn about the last movie. But if you hadn't seen the last film, which you don't have to have done to see this film, if you didn't give a shit about the last film, which you probably won't, uh, then none of that really means anything. And the only reason I even really noticed or cared was because I had just watched the previous film right before I watched this one. So then it stuck out and actually kind of made it funny. Otherwise, they're just sort of in-jokes for production people and and all the millions of people who will never see the movie. Um, <laughs> anyway, but like I said, I think it is slightly better it's got a very transparent story. There's nothing really new here. There's nothing all that exciting, but I do kind of think that we have some interesting costume choices at the end of the film. When we get to the reveal about Pino, I, I kind of like his whole Kendall costume. I think that's kind of cool. And I think it would actually make a pretty cool Halloween costume. If you could figure out a way to recreate that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's something. It's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) It exists in physical space. I cannot suggest you rush out and watch it, but if you had to choose one to watch between this one and the one before it, I would say go for this one. That's not much of a praise, but that's pretty much all I got. Oh, and then you want to see Baby Vanilla Ice, too, because there's this kid who looks just like Vanilla Ice from Cool as Ice, I swear. I think he's wearing the same clothes. Oh, yeah, these films are riddled with bad late 80s, early 90s fashion, like I said before. X. I, you know, this movie ends up just being a retelling of Pinocchio. And when I say a modern retelling of Pinocchio, I mean, this makes Roberto Benigni look fine. So I can't. I hate it. I don't hate it as much as I hate uh, the initiation part, so... I guess I can't complain, but, you know, no, this is just horrible. It goes so bad to have, it goes so far as to have the babysitter reading Pinocchio to him while he's trying to go to sleep. And of course, it's a, it's a part of Pinocchio that you may not, you may or may not recognize, but it's so on the, it's so on the nose and (laughs) it's Pinocchio and it's on the nose. (laughs) Right. Right. Anyway, it's there's they're just cramming it down your throat. They're just, uh, I mean, the little boy's name should have been Jiminy, and <laughs> it would have been crystal clear. So by the time you get to the end, and uh, Pino kills Joe Petto in some kind of weird fucking Oedipus Rex sort of way, I just I stopped caring. I just didn't care anymore. And also, the dude who ended up being the kid's father, just like, I'm going to run at you in the garage, mama. And she's like, oh, please, fuck me in the back of my Jeep Cherokee. What? No. Nobody does that. Nobody would ever do that. I missed you so much. No, you didn't. Fuck everything. Because he's got the same first name as the guy is 
as as the guy in the ring. You know what? And if you are dumb enough to have sex with a guy named Noah, then we're done here. Just, you know, two by two, fuck you. So two by two, fuck you. <laughs> what? Oh, I do have one question, though. At the end of the film, when Pino is is trying to tell her, you know, I want you to be my mommy. Mm. Um, I'll be your boy. Why, why exactly so is he weird. attempting to fuck her? I know oh, he doesn't have he doesn't have any parts because apparently Joe Petto didn't know how to make that. Right. But no, but I'm Joe Petto sure. knew how Joe Petto knew how to split some legs. So <laughs> I think that no, seriously, I think that's it. I think that's like he remembered hearing stories, or maybe he used to watch Joe Petto do stuff like that. So even though he is literally, you know, Barbie crotched, he was like, I think I'm supposed to make this motion and that will make people love me. So just, Pete, well, see, I was trying to figure out why he connected that to motherhood. Like why, you know, why he felt he needed to do that because he wanted her to be his mother. But you feel like it was something that he just felt people did? Yes, I think. Okay. I, yeah, okay. I really do. I really feel like you know, that makes it a little less creepy, I guess. Right? I want to be. Maybe, where maybe the Joe Petto was like a real Joe Jackson of a father, and he was like plowing bitches in front of him, you know, and more like Joe Pesci. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, I love that reveal of him. You know, of course, you almost almost telegraphic coming. You know that he was uh, the the creation of of Joe Petto, and. uh yeah, the fact that he had no parts, they, they panned down to at least three or four times. They, yes, he's a eunuch. We get that he's a eunuch. Yes, yes, he's a eunuch. And the, the fact that he just, you know, thinks that maybe this will convince her. I'll just dry hump her to my heart's content. <laughs> you know, it's a, and of course, he's screaming, like, you're my mommy, or you're going to be my mommy, or so I forget what the fuck the dialogue is, but it's a really strange scene. But I, I, I don't know. Like a real, I know what I'm doing later. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> a, little, a little dry hump and see. Yeah. I watch out such a bad teacher. Excuse uh, me while I pino off. <laughs> Tell me you want me to be your mommy. Don't do that. <laughs> I'll definitely cause some shrinkage in this group. That's all I'll, I'll Skype you. <laughs> I'll Skype you later. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm done with you people. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> We're horrible. Why do you hang out with us, Gary? I don't know. Because you're such fun company, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Talk about freaking eunuch parts and stuff and dry hump. And bug someday, no, someday you will hate what I hate or something. <laughs> he is tall parts. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't, don't start singing a whole song. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll reach. I'll reshoot a microphone and hurt you. I promise. You know. <laughs> oh my god! I, I love the Westworld face for some reason. He he, he switch faces like that. Oh, I do like that. I think that's cool. I I like, I, that. I like that too. I give them credit for that. Yeah, mad, mad props to well, I, to the first to the the, the 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 last film and this film. Uh, Scream Mad George did the effects for both these films. So right, right, and that's that's props. I think that's a lot of fun. I love the scene <laughs> where, where uh, of course, supposedly Joe Petto as Santa Claus lays a bunch of toys in the room where the, the babysitter is fucking and the toys. The have most their... <laughs> awkward sex scene ever. It's just a bunch of nobody's uh, doing anything in that bed. I don't know what the hell. Is. I mean, 
And for, and what is with the tidy whities? That's not hot. <laughs> just, it's just... not. Cootie and I were talking about that same thing. <laughs> it's just, it's, and then nothing is happening. Like they're both still for all. And, and it's... then actually when he, she thinks his hand is headed, you know, somewhere interesting, she's like, stop. I'm like, why are you stopping him? You're not doing anything else. <laughs> what what kind of toy is that? That would be fun. Here's a here's a hand with a with an electro tech <laughs> doing. Now I used to have one kind of like that, but it was a Halloween prop. And um, but so but as an everyday kind of thing, I have no idea. I mean, I, I can I can see the the um, what was it called, Larry the Larvae. The, the, yes. the, Larry yes, the yes, yes. It was the Which lamprey. was a great kill in the film, by the way, when it goes through the guy's mouth and out his eyeball. That, that was a lot of fun. But as my, far as the prop goes, the prop looks stupid. In uh, that hurt my, things. My whole thing was, <laughs> shit, I forgot. Come back to me later. No, I. You're 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 in bed, and you would probably actually be able to penetrate the woman you're with if he would stop doing those Greco-Roman wrestling flips. <laughs> That's it. It's right. like, are they wrestling? What are they doing? Oh, it's it's like, like every time well, he's almost kidding. ready to like actually get in there, he's like, and he just flips her into <laughs> this weird position that you can't do that from. I know what's all about the angle. God damn it. I'm almost 50 years old. I know what this shit entails. So, no, not that. He's, he's like Will Ferrell in The Ladies Man. <laughs> yes. If you see The Ladies Man, you don't talk about You really should use the oil, Leon. Come on now. It's just, <laughs> it's just sad. It's like, God damn it. Oh, it's, it's so good, man. I... I I have to describe it. That's probably the best scene of the whole film is that bedroom scene, though, because the, the toys are, are really showcased in that scene. The one yeah, the, because the, now I thought, oh, it's Puppet Master 1. Thanks. Yeah, yes, yes. But my favorite one being the, the, the battle bot, I guess you would call it, the one with the saw blade <laughs> that, that switches like a speed racer's car. The hamstringer. Oh, yeah. And um, I forgot that this one of my favorite scenes in part four. I'm calling it back where we're – Clint Howard just bites off that guy's Achilles tendon, you know. That that, that was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, that, that scene, and of course, uh, I, whatever that green monster thing was that was going obviously straight for her snatch. And uh, oh, that she, was so funny. I was like, "Go for it, go for it," because your boyfriend didn't. <laughs> and she escapes somehow. And you know that that that's the thing in this movie. Well, and, then you've got that diehard one who's like, "I'm gonna get you," like as she's outside telling yeah. people what's happening. It leaps out the window. That, I'm like, wow, these are some smart fucking toys. Like, that was, he didn't that was just... the, the superhero one, probably, you know. Yeah, he didn't just build them to, you know, do stuff. They actually have plans and shit. Yeah. He's That's got some was... AI going on there. He's definitely been reading his popular mechanics for evil geniuses, which should be a magazine. I'm starting out there, you know. But, uh, yep. man. <laughs> Have laid on anybody else yet? Uh, anybody else want to talk about the film? <laughs> uh, I think I've pretty much said everything I need to say. Okay, X. X. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I was drinking. Um, yeah, one. That's my score, is one. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give this a one because it exists. Okay, Jamie, uh, what, what is your score and final thoughts about it, I guess? Uh, I'm going to 
say I'm going to give this one a, a... What the hell did I do with the last one? I gave the last one a two. And I... <laughs> um, oh, yeah, two for for Clint Howard uh, watching the sex. All right, well, <laughs> this one, I do think it's slightly better than that one. I can at least stomach this one, so I'm going to say a three. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going higher, I guess, because I've, I've rented this one. This This came at a special time when I was running VHS horror films. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I watched a lot of it. So I think I have more of a sentimental cling to this film. But as a film, as a, in a critical sense, I, I probably have to give it like a three and a half to four. It's it's not a very well-constructed film, but it's got the fun stuff in the reveal. And, you know, that's about it. And uh, the toys were fun. I guess if you had to have a central point of the film, the toys, the killer toys were kind of fun. The, the deaths there. So, yeah, uh, call it a four call it four on my part for for this film and then um yeah with that we'll move on to a film that we probably all enjoyed more than the last couple films uh silent night the sort of re remake or tribute or whatever you want to call to the original one right after this he's the man with all the toys someone found the lighted house Late one night And he saw Through the wind No sight knows that story it's an urban legend christmas the number one holiday for people going nuts listen we've got a lead on our killer from the motel he's wearing a santa suit and a mask hiding in plain sight <laughs> what if he was punishing them We're just going to have to take this maniac down ourselves. 
Christmas Eve is the scariest damn night of the year. Welcome back to the Cinema Beef Podcast. We're talking about the final entry into the Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, franchise, which is Silent Night, which came out in 2012, and it is a remake of the first movie of the franchise, kind of. Um, The IMD gives it 5.2 stars, and the synopsis is, The police force of a remote Midwestern town search for a killer Santa Claus who is picking off citizens on Christmas Eve. So yeah, there's a lot of Silent Deadly Night in this movie, but it manages to be its own kind of standalone film in a way that is really uncomfortable for me as a, I don't know, sentient human being. Jamie, what did you think of Silent Night? <laughs> well, I'm now I'm dying to know what you thought. <laughs> like, I, what made you uncomfortable? Um, <laughs> I, um, you know, <sighs> Stephen C. Miller did this film. And uh, he hit the, he came out of the gate with automaton transfusion many years ago, which uh, when I reviewed that film, I was like, you know, uh, I think he's a it, it had its issues. It had its visual issues, but mainly I think the story was it, it was it had its issues. Uh, but it did have some really innovative things or, or maybe not innovative as much as just I really enjoyed them. Like uh, there's a scene with the uterus punch where the zombie just punches right into a uterus yanks out a fetus and starts chowing on it. And I'm like, thank you. Like, I really enjoyed that scene. So I knew from that moment that, you know, he's not afraid to be brutal if he feels he needs to. So that's one thing that I really appreciated about this film. I like the brutality of this film. I like the fact that when Blondie jumps out the hotel window, you see her ankle just snap. And it is it fucking hurts. Like it hurts me. Um, I, that's the kind of thing that I can get into. Like I can get behind. Like, I don't feel like it's gratuitous. I just feel like if that were an actual situation, that's what would happen. And, you know, he shows it to us. So for that reason, you know, I didn't expect to, I didn't expect to hate this film. I, Cause I like him and he is a horror fan and I, you know, I can usually get behind what he does. He's supposed to be doing or has been supposed to have been doing the motel hell for a long time. And I don't even know what happened to that, but, um, I did. So because it was him, I didn't expect to hate this film, but you know, I didn't really expect to like it a whole lot either. And uh, I have to say that I was right in the middle. <laughs> I didn't, I mean, as expected it, uh, it didn't really blow me away, but I, I pretty much like it. You know, I definitely, definitely like it better than the sequels that we got from the original film and um, pretty right, much right. past two. I think that you can, I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm happy to stop with two and really only the second half of two, as I discussed earlier. And then I can just forget the rest of them ever happened. And I would just jump right, right to this one. You know, um, I was pleased that when I watched it again, I felt pretty much the same way I did about it the first time. It's not a movie that I watch every year. It's not a movie that I watch a lot. But when I do watch it, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm entertained. And uh, just like I said before, I appreciate the brutality of it. Hi there. 
What do you think, G-Dub? Um, this is a pretty brutal film. You know, I, I, I enjoyed the whole idea of the, the small town being invaded by this Santa Claus that goes from town to town. It didn't really just say, oh, like a real you know, My Bloody Valentine deal, like, oh, we haven't had Christmas here in so long because the killer Santa did this 30 years ago. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> It would be real easy to do that, you know, and, but they didn't do that. They actually had this, this this traveling killer, if you will, who would go from place to place and just wreak havoc on one town, do some killing, and then leave, you know, which he got at the end of this film, the, the reveal that he, the reveal he got about, you know, the, the, the connection of the characters, which which was okay. Usually in, in a film like this, I would say, uh, you had to show that, huh, that they were connected? Okay, can you just leave his guessing? But I, I was okay with that. Because the, the story was already in there by them saying, oh, we've had our problem with the killer Santa before, and the, them talking about it in, in the film just like in passing. It was almost like you're, you're waiting for it to come, the connection for the the reveal at the end of this movie um, in this film. But then you get some great stuff that's not <laughs> tributes. Like I love the scene where Santa, which is just, he's as creepy as it is with that plastic mask on his face. Busting on the, 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 the sex shoot, the, the softcore porn shoot, and the girl loses her leg, and you see the girl losing her leg and blood shooting from the leg, and there's a convenient wood chipper that you love to see in movies, and he puts her in the wood chipper, and, you know, there's there's that, and there's other great gore gags. I, I love um the beginning of that scene where they he first comes to the door, and I know it's CG blood, and people hate CG blood, but... He has like a sickle or something, or something of the of the line lines. He just jabs it straight through their abdomen, and that's pretty awesome. And uh, you don't see uh, Jamie King as a, as actress in this film, and she's a, she does a lot of these horror remakes for some reason, but she's been other stuff too. Her father was an old old sheriff of the of, of of the town, and there's a part where she comes in, and he's already claimed him, and his gut is like cut out if you will i can't explain it it's like a giant cavity in his in his gut where his stomach should be or something and the killer did that and you didn't see the kill but you seen the aftermath and i could appreciate how good that looked so there's a hole in his heart that can only be filled by santa or extreme <laughs> oh I, I i said that didn't i i do no. know Betancourt. <laughs> oh yeah, Malcolm McDowell in this movie, he does not don't, – don't put avocado on his hamburger, man, or hummus either. He doesn't like that shit, man. What the fuck? He's just collected a paycheck in this movie, and uh, I mentioned that he's really good at that. And other, uh, I think another show I mentioned that I saw him at a, in, a, in a Lunchables walking taco commercial wearing, like, teenager's clothes with a backwards hat, maxing on a, a Lunchables walking taco, just collecting that paycheck and – it's it's a shame and not a shame he's he's gone to this state, but you know then you get stuff like Home Alone, the Holiday Heist, which he's in, and no, that's it's just no. But he's not bad in this movie though. I'm not gonna <laughs> he's not bad in this movie at all. And uh, I like you to well, say. Started... I want to. I want you to say Walking Taco a lot more in this episode. Actually, Walking Tacos are delicious, and uh, I endorse them all day long. Just like the Lunchables Walking Taco. I knew a girl that was her nickname in high school, but I think it was for some other reason. <laughs> Probably so, yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, besides that, you know, you got, you got nice, uh, I love that Donald Logue is in this movie. 
just being a shitty Santa Claus. Like, this is all they can get for that town. That yeah, rant there, there he delivers. There are so many people in this movie, though, you know? Oh, yeah, it's, it's a very wide-open film filled with lots of characters that you may or may not care about, you know? Uh, not I don't know the girl's name. Ellen something, but she played Knives Chow and Scott Pilgrim. She's in this movie as, like, the, the token secretary at the police station. And there's a great scene where Santa's stalking her, and I, I, I just listened to... Um, Talk Without Rhythm podcast, and, and El Goro uh, pointed out to me the, the great shots you get because when the power goes out, all the lights happen to be in red and green while Santa's stalking her and, of course, kills Donald Logue's loudmouth character like you wanted to do. So that was a nice, uh, some nice um, shots right there with the red and the green, and it, it really worked with the, with the, the holiday motif, I guess. And, and then... Uh, yeah, Santa gets a little flamethrower like like prophesized in, in the flashback stories, and all hell breaks loose. And yeah, that's what I, yeah, it's, it's it's good stuff, man. I I enjoy the movie very much, actually. Yeah, very little to complain about. I'm conflicted. Okay, wait, wait. I'm I'm listening. I'm conflicted because I really enjoyed this movie to um, a lot of degrees. I didn't appreciate McDowell's character because. He seemed way too much like fucking Murdoch and, and Rambo. I was never really sure if he was serious about how badass he was. You know what I mean? Like, he was just like, mm-hmm. ah, I'm gonna, I'll take him down, you goddamn rookie piece of shit. And I was like, Jesus, he's down, bro. But I think the thing that bothers me most about this is, A, it's a very loose remake. You get to see some scenes, um reenacted the you know the antelope on the wall or whatever where Tiffany gets gets wasted that's from the first one you get to see the grandpa suddenly comes to life and starts talking scene and that's cool but they've added a lot into this movie from a real life incident and I don't know how I feel about that I'm almost like it's way too soon for this because they put in a lot of stuff from what's called the Covina Massacre from 2009, where a guy dressed as Santa went to a party where his ex-wife was at and killed a lot of people with a homemade fire extinguisher. And that ends up being a really major plot point in Silent Night. And part of me is just like, wow, I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for that much I mean, it's not like using Ed Gein in a movie, you know, because that was fucking 50 years ago. This was like, you know, seven, eight years ago. That's just really, really too soon for me. So I really felt uncomfortable watching that, knowing the details of what really happened. But at the same time, this movie is so good. It's got that same kind of My Bloody Valentine remake level of realism to it. And also Jamie King, so, okay. And everything's very modern. It's very, let's put green and blue filters on everything. I just, from a stylistic standpoint, really love this movie. From where they went with the script to that kind of exploitation level that they went to, not comfortable with that. Not enough distance for me as a human being. So, I don't know. I loved it, and I hated it at the same time. It's got a great opening, though, I gotta say. I forgot to mention that. Oh, dude. Yeah. 
yeah, like I said, there are things about this that I really absolutely love. At the same time, I'm just like, oh, I would have been okay not ever seeing that ever, ever, ever in my life. Thanks. Oh, and favorite kill of the film? And I'm not, I'm not desensitizing myself at all. That's a big tragedy, and I understand what you're saying. But the part where the bitchy girl, the bitchy daughter who's bitching about telephone. The 14-year-old? Yeah, gets killed with the, with the cattle prod. Oh, we hated her from Jump Street. Cody yeah. and I were both just like, oh, God, please kill this kid. And then five minutes later, I whap, killed I that kid. Thanks. I haven't cheered that loud since Kelly heard a round of applause when that happened. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> so I don't know. Like I said, I loved I loved aspects of it. I think it was extremely well made as far as modern slashers go and really modern remake slashers i'd rather watch that than anything platinum dunes has put out but uh, at the same time i'm just kind of like that really happened there were probably people still alive who remember that shit stop it well (laughs) i didn't even know about that but now i'm gonna have to look it up because i can't believe it flew under my radar the stuff like that does not fly under my radar so (laughs) that's um so that didn't it didn't bother me because i didn't know but uh Maybe if I look into it, then I'll go back and watch the movie again and see, you know, so I can see what you mean. Yeah. But I am glad you brought up the filter thing, too, because that's one of the things that bothered me. Really? I am. I hate it. Like I and <sighs> God dang it. I and it's this movie can't help it. Like it's 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 a product of its time. And that's what everyone was doing. And I, I think you know, thankfully we seem to be kind of climbing out of that. A uh, quagmire of blue green filters that everyone was using for a while, and and uh, you know I'm grateful to see color in a film again. Those but... filters got them closer to God, damn it! <laughs> they it just you know I just get so sick of this monochromatic, but it's always the same. You know I mean it's always like blue and it's always green and it's like yeah we all saw the Matrix, we saw what they did. Right. And then every other movie after that, um, and the Saw films took it to a whole nother level, which just made me want to just I mean, set myself on fire after a while. I mean, because I had to watch all of those movies in one weekend once to do a show. Yikes. And let me tell you, don't ever do that. Don't ever, ever do that. Because I seriously wanted to open a vein. It is the most depressing thing ever. And it has nothing to do with the fact that all these you're watching all these people die really horrible ways. It is that you are watching this many hours of this color film and it's just it's so it really just drags me i was in a horrible mood like i was dragged down to the depths of sorrow um it was and i was all alone that weekend so i just i just it was a dark time it was a very dark time in my life um and i just i everyone did it and like i said this film can't help it it can't help it and it just that's what was going on at the time but i I look back, like I recently rewatched The Ring, and I'm like, God damn it, um, because it did the same thing. And I just feel like when you, if you go back and watch an older film, like a much older film, um, like say a Dirty Harry film, um, and I only <laughs> draw that, I didn't draw that in my ass uh, for no reason at all. It was because um, we had watched that at one point after watching a bunch of modern films, and the difference is palpable. I mean, right. it is. It is so amazing when you can actually see all the colors of a color palette within a film. It completely changes everything. 
And I know a lot of people feel like that in horror, it, it helps with atmosphere. Um, you know, maybe it puts you in a certain mood, but uh, I really think that uh, now that we're starting to see colors in a movie again, and if you notice, like if you compare movies now to movies, like say five years ago, you'll notice the difference. Uh, I, I think it, I think it, I'm so happy. I'm so happy just to see colors. And so that was one thing that kind of depressed me about this film was that it just, I felt the palette was so de- quite a bit and especially for a remake. And I agree with everything you said about, you know, platinum dunes and this being way better than anything they ever did. Although I'm a big fan of the nightmare remake. Um, but that one has pretty colors too. Um, <laughs> so, um, Anyway, I'm sorry. You just when you brought that up, it reminded me. Oh, that's one thing I didn't like about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. But you like them? You like the filters? I'm guessing. I, I liked it in the one scene. Yeah, I thought it fit well. You know, being almost like fest, like festive killing that the the emergency lights happen to be red and green. So. Oh no, no, that's okay. That's okay. I think if it's for a point, but I just mean like when the whole movie is blue. No, you know? no, 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 no. I'd rather see red and green cell lighting, like in Creepshow or Suspiria. I'd rather see very oh, specific, yeah, yeah. very specific lighting yeah. and not just. The filter where everything is fucking, you know, turquoise. No, fuck you. And I get, I get why they they did that in the Saw series because you know it's almost like this film sets a certain temperament for a sense of dread. And like here's these dreary, you know, colors that we're going to give you to to watch the film and you know, the tones and just to give you that more sense of dread that that you, if you didn't you weren't aware already there's a sense of dread in those Saw films that you're fucking stupid anyway. But just to really sell it, to really lay it home for you. Well, the the whole color palette in the Saw movies is very hospital. It's very, um, we're very looking at an x-ray. We're looking through those yeah. weird green fluorescent lights. Yeah. And that makes sense for the Saw movies. It doesn't make sense for Silent Night. And what the fuck was up with Malcolm McDowell's character? Why was he Rambo Sheriff all of a sudden? He was like... Half Dr. Loomis, half Murdoch. It didn't make any sense to me at all. We're going to get this guy. I got yeah. this guy. Don't put the avocado in my hamburger. Oh, I love that shit. What? He doesn't like that avocado, man. Don't give, me no, don't give me no modern hamburger. Just give me a steak raw. I don't eat that shit, you know. Double S my ass. What? I don't even know what you mean anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. For for me though, I I really enjoyed myself with this movie, you know. And now that in 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 in, in present events, or Rex has told us about it, yeah, you know, that small point in the film where he's they make the point of him saying he's using the the, the flamethrower as a, as a as a weapon. Yeah, you know, I, I can see how. And I haven't heard anything about this film. I've really read into it, like the press of this film, to say if anybody said anything about you know that being connected or anything. So not being insensitive, I just haven't heard anything. So it's one of those things. But uh, as far as a horror film of, you know, 2012 stature that didn't, didn't have a theatrical release, I think it looked pretty good and it's, it's damn enjoyable as like a, not as a remake, but almost as like a, like a tribute to, uh, the cer- certain parts of silent night, deadly night, but it's not the same film at all. Oh yeah. I mean, it's one of those remakes that you wouldn't even necessarily, if uh, like if someone, I don't know, 
like say uh, there are obviously the iconic scenes that you'll pick out that are nods to the original. But if you aren't that familiar with the original, uh, you could just walk into this film and it's just a whole new film. You know, I mean, it's one of those remakes that just sort of really isn't. Because uh, yeah. I, I said, oh, I'm sorry. I appreciate how it stands alone and you can watch it by itself and not have to deal with the other five parts of the franchise. But you know, the, what says aside for the other one is essentially what you find out in the, the reveal at the end is that this is more of like a revenge film. Yeah. Like the killer had a motive, which I think kind of takes something away from the lore of, of the the Santa Claus that goes from town to town killing people. Yeah, I think the randomness of that would have been really cool. It's almost like the, the reveal of Laurie Strobing Michael Myers' sister is almost like, well, this guy... This guy was the one that killed your daddy 30 years ago. You better go back to that town and murder that sheriff, you know. And Why did you go Dusty Rhodes on that, man? I don't know, man. I was trying to figure out what that was. I was like, what kind yeah, of accent is that? And, and, and a daddy to it, man. What's the, what the money, baby? What the money? <laughs> Sapphire, come here, we're going to do a dance. Come on, Sapphire. God, God rest God. both of their souls. Damn it. She gave Dusty some soul. She made him dance, man. That's all I'm saying. Oh, my God. Them polka dots, man. Them polka dots. Uh, And Dusty Rhodes here at the right. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, X, any final things you want to say about it and your your rating, sir? Um, uh, You know what? I really enjoyed this, kind of despite myself. It's one of those movies that I enjoyed it, but really wanted to take a shower immediately afterwards. So I'm going to give this... Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to give this an 8. That's pretty fair. You know, I mean, it had enough callbacks to the original to make me happy, and I thought it was paced really well. I appreciated... I, I don't know. I mean, as far as a modern slasher goes, I'd rather watch that shit than Prom Night. So, yeah, it was really well made, and I, I liked it a lot. And I liked it just marginally better than the original Silent Night, Deadly Night. So, and again, I'm uncomfortable with all of the real life stuff that was in there. So, yeah, I'm going to go with an, I'm going with an eight, but it's a low eight. It's kind of like a eight that shakes hands with the seven that I gave Silent Night, Deadly Night. Okay. Jamie? Well, I, uh... I'm going to say I like it equally as much as I like the original, but for very different reasons. Like the original has this quirkiness about it. You have those very sweet, innocent scenes, like with warm side of the door or whatever, and during the Christmas montage that I, that I think just do a, a beautiful job of giving a nice juxtaposition to like, you know, one second you're watching this very warm scene of him stocking toys and being with children. And then the next scene you're watching Linnea Quigley being, you know, rammed onto some horns. I think that uh, that that is just a really cool thing, and I I love that about that film. It's just so quirky and and charming. Charming is what that film is. But this film is brutal and very realistic, and um, uh, you know, just enjoyable for completely different reasons. And uh, I know a lot of people out there don't feel that way because they really love the original, but I think it's okay. I think it's okay to like them both equally, even though they're very different. So that's what I do. I like them both equally, even though they're very different. So this one is going to land at a 7.5 for me as well. Um, yeah, with with um, me, uh, like I said, I like most of the stuff that I've seen. 
uh, I forgot to mention um, how I love the scene where um, I guess the girl, the, the the slutty Santa girl, were singing, and the, the preacher was trying to get a free free shot of their 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 bosoms. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, for me, it's a it's a it's a solid eight. It's 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 a it's it's very serviceable as a film, and you could do a whole lot worse than this this film. And I I think that it's it deserves a an eight, and uh, I had a good time with it. So with that, we'll um. Be right back to close out the show. This is Jamie from Devour the Podcast. Do you enjoy horror commentary with straightforward honesty? Oh my god, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie so hard. Oh my goodness, you know, I, halfway through this movie I was just like, let's get, get this thing going. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Humor and an obvious passion for the genre. I like the cut of your jib. The ceiling, Grandma. Don't make me get out the broom. Oh, your tears are like wine. They used to call that the vapors. Cupcakes are kind of the shin list of desserts it's it's a, a pure good i love the idea of up and coming horror directors taking on the found footage genre i really really like that idea and that's really the worst thing you commit as far as filmmaking is concerned is making a film that's just average well that doesn't really inspire any kind of exactly. discussion whether it's you know to rip it apart or, or praise it then you should spend time with david and me and Bo, as we discuss horror films from old classics deep red empire of the ants lisa and the devil the Baby, The Toxic Avenger, The New Favorites, Absentia, Cabin in the Woods, The Loved Ones, Shadow of Death, VHS, The Woman. Check us out on iTunes or at devourthepodcast.blogspot.com. Devour the Podcast is a proud member of the Horrorphilia Podcasting Network. You know those old-time radio shows with the married couples who bicker about the kids and the car and the neighbors? Our podcast is a lot like that. Yeah. Well, if you replace the kids, the car, and the neighbors with devil movies, theology, and vodka. My name is X. And I'm Cootie. And we are the hosts of Kiss the Goat, a different kind of movie podcast. Every episode, we review a devil movie. You know, possessions, exorcisms, the Antichrist, and we stomp a mud hole in it, even if we like it. We are huge fans of comparative religion, and we love to compare real belief systems with what Hollywood seems to think belief systems are. But don't think we're not civic-minded, because each episode includes our Satan in the News segment, where our fearless correspondent, Sin Fallon, documents the eternal struggle between good and evil. And, as high-functioning alcoholics, we give every movie its own drinking game, so that you can enjoy the movie just like we did. Ripped to the tits. <laughs> and there is ever so much more to the show than that. And let me tell you, it ain't for kids. Hell, it ain't for most adults. But it might be for you. You won't know until you listen to Kiss the Goat exclusively on the Legion Network of Podcasts. That's Kiss the Goat. We're the lighter side. Of the dark side. <laughs> hey, Cherish. It's 8 o'clock. Is it time to get the show on the screen or what? Do you enjoy watching films with friends? Do you like to consume vats of alcohol? It's the 40s and some bitches, babe. Yeah! Me? I like beer. 
if you like all that and none of those artsy fartsy films, does this mean we don't get to go to the Fellini Festival? Fuck the Fellini Festival? Then watch and listen to Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. Every Wednesday, myself and a rotating panel of the filthiest podcasters I can muster up give you our comments, observations, and sometimes we might actually talk about the film as we class up some of your favorite films the only way we know how, as raunchy as we can. What's this movie, PG? Oh, yeah. This podcast sure is fucking... Not only do you get the audio, but the video that goes with it. Just listen to the shit that comes out of these filthy pirates. (laughs) You don't need to get an erection when your cock's full of rigor mortis. (laughs) Fucking curb stomp a baby for a bacon (laughs) I think the moral of the story is don't let Corky run Cerebro Unforgivable If you could stand all that come and get your fill and your fix of Two Drink Minimum Commentaries All the cool kids are doing it Two Drink Minimum Commentaries is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network Well guys that was the big ass uh, Christmas show I've never done a big ass Christmas show before but I, I, I had a good time talking about some of these sort of random films with, with my friends, and that's always a good time. How about you guys? Yeah, dude. You should do this all the time. You should do this for every holiday you can think of. <laughs> yep. Flag days are coming. Yep. Oh, yeah. Flag days. Definitely and coming. National Potato Week. Valentine's Day. Whatever you need. Oh, well, yeah, if you want to talk about the real ones. <laughs> I'm sorry that I <laughs> messed things up. I didn't mean to. <laughs> well, there's also New Year's. We've got uh, New Year's for that one. I think. Are there any other New Year's movies? I don't even know. I don't know. Just New oh, Year's. Miracle Mile. Isn't that? Oh, is that? There's some holiday. Well, Miracle Mile's New Year's Eve, I think, and New is Year's it? Evil. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I enjoyed it. I had a really good time, and uh, in some ways, in some parts, more fun with you guys than I had with the film. So great. I'm, I'm, ha- film. I'm happy, <laughs> but uh. Yeah, um, with that, i just tell you guys, you know, happy holidays. Uh, I'll, say happy, I'll say Merry Christmas, sir. No, i say happy holidays <laughs> to you guys, you know. Now he's and, uh, Colonel Sanders? All of a sudden, now I was doing an imitation of the guy that, that yelled at me that one time for saying happy holidays to him, you know. Oh, is that oh. the guy? Yeah. Right, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope you guys uh, all have a great one, and then, and we'll probably see you guys, well, we're going to see you guys in the next year with, with, a, with a brand new episode which is supposed to be the last episode we did, which was with Duncan, which I'm not even going to include the trailers in the the, the, the past thing because be the same trailers I heard in the last show, but uh, scheduling stuff happened and whatever. So we've been trying to bring you this big-ass Christmas show. But um, I had a good time. So, X, tell the folks where they can find you and uh, what you got coming up, sir. Uh, you can find me at my regular podcast, which is Kiss the Goat, which is on the Legion Podcast Network. And you can listen to our second annual Kiss the Goat holiday special, which is full of cheer and goodwill towards men and shit like that. You can also find me here. You can find me at the Guilty at Charged podcast, Guilty as Charged podcast, which is a nice hooker retrospective. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeffrey X Martin. And you can buy my fiction at Amazon. Dot com new novel coming the first quarter of next year. Yes, Jamie. Yes, uh, you, you can find me at uh, oh on Devour the Podcast sometimes, um, <laughs> liking it periodically. 
<laughs> I'm so sporadic these days. But the regular, I mean, you can find me regularly on evil episodes where we talk about all the horror that's happening on television. And uh, if you want to reach out, you can find me on Twitter at Maven1974 or on Facebook forward slash Maven1974. Uh, beautiful. You can find me here like always. Uh, Sloppy Seconds should be out. The brand new episode, my brand new co-host, the guy you know and love, Mr. Corey Graham, uh, right around the time this comes out. It, sh- it should be out. Um, still uh, working on getting some iTunes reviews. If you guys would come and do that. It'd be really helpful for us, and you can win some free swag. And I'm still uh, I'm still going to give that stuff away. I still got, like, seven autographs here to give away to you people, and they look nice in a frame. You guys can put them on your walls and say, look what I got for Cinebee Podcast. Or... You don't review us, and then we all get really sad and c- come to your house like Jay and Silent Bob or something like that, you know, and how many people want to kick some ass? I do, I do. No, no, I wouldn't do it to you guys, you know. I'm I'm the click commander. <laughs> oh, my God. Nobody, nobody works a click like that, is all I'm saying, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. That's pretty funny. But, um, yeah, like I said before, happy holidays. See you guys. Uh if you guys have another deity that I haven't spoken of, more power to you. He rocks too. This is an equal opportunity show, people. Just, uh, <laughs> yes, it is. All deities are welcome. All are welcome. I can't do. I can't. All I can't. are welcome. Thank all you. All are welcome in the light. Oh my God! Just that creepy old man like Kane. That guy still scares the fuck out of me. You know. God is in it. Holy temple. I'm sorry, where were we? I was going to let him finish. Were we doing a show? <laughs> I was going to let him finish. That, that creeps me out still, you know. Oh, oh, I just have to Jamie Jenkins something real quick. I totally <laughs> forgot. <laughs> if you haven't already, please uh, head on over and check out Dark Regions Radio and our interview with Joe Lansdale. Uh, who's the dream? And uh, I also on that first episode do a reading of his story, The Junkyard. So uh, if you haven't checked that out yet, run over and check that out. You guys are getting checked out, obviously, because you guys are up there on the lead, on the, the 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 charts there. Yeah, that's right, number two for last month. Not bad for a debut. Definitely that's sweet. He's so fucking charming. That's all that is. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I love these people, and especially this time of the year, I'm grateful to have people around me who are not my family in the metaphor in, in, in the, the real, not in the, in the, in the real sense. And the, you know, the, the fact that we were born in the same family, but the fact that this is the family I could choose. And I people for the, for that reason. Oh, you get so mushy. It's, well, it's, it's good stuff, man. And you guys keep me level and that's a beautiful thing. But uh, with that, uh, here at the Sinvee podcast, if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. Happy holidays, folks. Little up, where have you been? Naughty, naughty. Hey, that's right. How oh, to naughty you? Keeping me from my rounds? I'm late as it is. Now stay put. Don't go anywhere till I get back. Understand me? Nice.
Dallas Ave at the dark. When I seen a man chilling with his dog in the park, I approached him very slowly with my heart full of fear. Looked at his dog, oh my God, a ill reindeer. But then I was yelling for the man at a beer and a bag full of 30, 12 o'clock at night. So I turned my head a second and the man was gone. Put him up the drop his wallet back down on the lawn. I picked the wallet up and then I took a pause. Took out the lights and then the cold said Santa Claus. A million dollars in the cold, hundreds of G's. Enough to buy a phone, magic car with E. son's favorite. Do you know this one? Oh, I do indeed. It's a lovely thing. Oh, 
Glad you came by to work out on the piano. 